0: hello everybody and welcome to the stronghold podcast this is the end of the year podcast i'm here with my beautiful wife charmaine and jake the producer what's up jake how you doing man
1: I'm good. I'm. Uh, we, we're wearing our identical Christmas shirts because... Yeah, zi- check this to, to shit out. Season.
0: If you're not watching this podcast, do yourself a favor. If you want to see a sexy man... Uh, look this at this. Shirt. Look at this ridiculous. Can you put us both on the screen, Jake? I want to be screen and screen while we're both... While we're both looking at the... Wearing the shirts. Yeah, there you go. that's it. That's what you guys want to see. Let's be honest. <laughs> I wore a normal, like a jiu-jitsu shirt and Jake was like, Oh, I happen to have an extra one of these. And I'm like, yeah, there's nothing sexier than two men wearing matching Christmas shirts.
1: Christmas Star Wars shirts
0: as well to make it even more geeky. It's like a, kind of reminds me of like a Cosby sweater. You know, like the Bill Cosby sweaters? It's like this bright pattern. I didn't know it was Star Wars until you told me. Anyway, I feel like we're, we're styling, profiling. Styling. Char-
1: Charmaine's letting us down by not, not wearing Christmas Well, gear. the problem
0: was you didn't bring a third matching shirt. <laughs> That was your mistake. Know,
2: you guys just look like a gay couple. Hey, hey, maybe we are.
0: Maybe let's not rule anything out, Jake, you know. 2020's been a weird year. It's 2020, <laughs> 2021's going to get a lot
1: weirder if that's happening. Yeah,
0: so this is the last podcast of the year. So I thought Charmaine would come on. We would just have a couple light beers because things tend to get off the rails here sometimes. And uh, if you, if you managed to watch the last podcast for the five seconds that it was up and available... Uh, you know, me and YouTube, we're having some marital problems, and we, <laughs> we can't seem to figure out each other totally well yet. Uh, I don't, <laughs> so this is a funny story. Uh, if you uh, downloaded the audio version of the podcast last week, then uh, you probably didn't realize. And if you want to watch the podcast of last week, but you can't find it because it got pulled by YouTube, you can go and you can download the audio. I don't know what the hell happened, but <laughs> I got a message from YouTube saying that the video was pulled for, for child endangerment. <laughs> I mean, I have no... It's an MMA podcast. All we did was talk about the fights.
1: Yep. I, I was on the podcast. We, we weren't even pissed either as we, well. We had um, like a couple yeah.
0: light beers, yep. you know, keeping it, keeping it fresh. <laughs> and uh, yeah, child endangerment. Now, to be fair, there was a super sketchy picture of Charmaine <laughs> on the thumbnail. And yes, I told her before I posted it that I was going to post it. Okay, I told him no. Would, no, you didn't. I did.
2: I said, don't post it. I said it like five times. Well. But as you know, he does not listen. Well. He does what he wants.
0: YouTube was like, no. <laughs> YouTube was like, no, pull that shit down. And Why? here's the weird thing. Here's the weird thing. We thought maybe that was it because the content of the, the actual podcast itself was not that crazy, right? We just talked about the fights. Um, so maybe we thought it was the thumbnail, so I re uploaded it, changed the thumbnail, pulled down again. Mm. So I have no idea what the issue was. Char- Charmaine is not underage, YouTube, just in case you're curious. She is my adult wife. <laughs> to be fair, though, when I, when, I took pic- when I took that picture <laughs> of her, though, it looked a little, a little bit like sh- human trafficking. <laughs> <laughs> it looked a little bit like oh. that. It was not that, but I can imagine how it would appear that way. But, yeah, I tried to re-upload it, and they still didn't allow it, so I don't know what the issue is. It's The I'm
2: content. Just-
0: but we didn't say anything. We didn't we really didn't say anything.
2: Hmm.
0: I went back and watched it again. I, I don't know what they pulled it for. But anyway, so if you want to watch that, if you listen to it and you can isolate what we said that would endanger children. Yeah, do let us know. Let me know. Yeah, cuz I that was certainly not my intention. And uh, you know, so a little bit of YouTube drama. But we'll figure it out. We'll try to keep this one less uh, aggressive toward children you know <laughs> so uh let's move to the fights man actually first of all let's talk about the training that we had the last couple of weeks uh it's nice being able to roll again that's really really sick phase three is coming in december 28th i don't know if anybody here is listening from overseas but we're we're basically locked down to only being able to spar jujitsu with groups of five people and uh i mean it kind of sucks but it's a lot better than not being able to roll at all hmm. and so they announced that phase three is going to be december 28th they haven't announced exactly what specifics of phase three are going to be
1: outside of you're allowed eight people and that's all like, eight people yeah
0: all right. uh, i mean massive upgrade from five True. you know uh, i'll take it anyway hopefully they have some loosening of the regulations for rolling be nice if we could just kind of train normally again uh, Stronghold's doing pretty good, but we're starting to reach the maximum capacity, I think.
2: Yeah, everybody's on a wait list. Like, there's always a few every day.
0: Yeah, yeah. we have, uh, you know, we allow, we have the mat space for 12 people, but uh, we put the list at 10, just in case we get like a walk-in or someone random that shows up. Mm. And uh, we're just starting to push the limit of that, so hopefully they increase the, the class sizes and then loosen the restrictions on how many people you can roll with. That would be nice.
2: Yeah.
0: Mm. We did training today. I'm a little tired. Yeah. I mean, you just got to be tired. Yeah. We did, you rolled yesterday too, right? Did you train?
2: I trained boxing yesterday.
0: Yeah, yesterday we did uh, an hour of BJJ. Uh, no gi, was uh, no gi, right? Muay Thai and then,
2: sparring and then gi. Oh, right, yeah. So that it was, was Muay yesterday.
0: Thai sparring. We did an hour of Muay Thai sparring. We did like eight rounds and then we went straight into jiu-jitsu and then probably did eight more rounds in there. And then came in today, taught the kids classes, and then we did an hour of no-gi sparring and then we did like another hour of mma sparring and i'm just wrecked tiffany was here tiffany yeah. Toe was here shout She's, out shout out to <laughs> tiffany wrecking people as usual she brought uh kyan kai shong who was here on the podcast with tiffany mm. beast and uh oz one of their friends uh, a couple of majors purple belts came in and trained the training was sick mm. so good i'm exhausted <laughs> punched in the face you know what i mean but all in all it's pretty good training so let's move on to the fights fights um and- should we talk about last week's first because we didn't uh we didn't get to do the podcast because yeah. youtube was out. not feeling us that week <laughs> so last week was charles oliveira and tony ferguson and actually we got a comment on the one of the youtube videos that someone wanted to break down tony ferguson and, and charles Oliveira. so can you pull up the card from last week yeah. and then we can uh break it down can you make it big yeah all right so figueredo moreno what a fight that was what a fight that was! Let's go down a little bit. Oliveira, Ferguson, Kenzie Dern, Kevin Holland, and Jacare. Wow! Let's talk about that. Let's yeah, start. That with, was... Let's start with Kevin Holland, man. What a beast! He is so unpredictable. He's just a wild man. Did you hear him shit talking Jacare from his back yeah. before he knocked him out with a punch? That was crazy. Imagine Jacare being on top of you. He's the, like, the most decorated, one of the most decorated jiu-jitsu athletes of all time to ever enter the UFC. He gets the takedown within the first minute, like most people would be shitting their yeah. pants. And Kevin Holland is literally looking at him, talking shit like so loud. He's not like talking to him, like per- he's like yelling at him so everybody can hear it. And then he like cross frames, throws a punch from his back and knocks out one of the best Brazilian jiu-jitsu competitors of all time to ever enter MMA from the guard with yeah. a punch. But- Crazy. That's one of the knockouts of the year, which we'll talk about later.
1: Later, Be, being the amazing parent I was, I was sat watching it with my six-year-old daughter. <laughs> uh, Jacare him down, and then again, being the amazing parent I was, I was like, "Oh, Holland's fucked now." Yeah, me too. <laughs> then, yeah, I was then, like, "Oh no, no, he wasn't."
0: Hey, his jujitsu is tricky too. He doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, because he was throwing up triangles. He was throwing up arm bars. To like the thing is the thing with jujitsu is, is uh, when really good people get a hold of you. Like if you're wrestling with your coach. Or if you're wrestling with like the brown belts or the black belts or purple belts or whatever like when you touch up with them and when you start within the first 30 seconds you can kind of feel the technical difference and a lot of people tend to go into their shell right like their defensive shell where all they're doing is framing and blocking because they know if they try to get their offense it creates opportunities for the other person right like if i'm in the jacaray's closed guard and i start trying to throw up triangles and arm bars it creates enough space that the pass for him is so much easier like, the path of least resistance would be to like, close your guard and just hold on for dear life, right? Stall him out, get the stand up, like keep good composure, but the more submissions you throw up and sweeps you try to go, that creates more time for the technical uh, differences to show themselves, right? Because you create space, and that, therefore the better guy will typically take advantage of those situations. So Jacare got on top of him, he didn't give a shit, he's throwing up submissions, he's punching off of his back, he's making them work, he's trying to sweep him. Usually guys get into their shell. Like they're just going to hold. Like uh, Conor when he fought Khabib. Yeah. Right? When Khabib got on top of him, he just held him. He blocked the punch. He squeezed him. No, tried to create no space. Tried to work his way up a little bit, but extremely conservative. Because he knows that if he tries to get crazy and scrambles, he's going to leave openings that the better grappler would typically take advantage of. Not fucking <laughs> no, Kevin no, Holland. He's like, oh, hold on a second. Let's, we'll do jiu-jitsu. Oh, wait. Jiu-jitsu is stupid. Let me punch you in the face from my back and knock you out. Yeah. That's crazy. That's like... Is that, that, is that the second one in two years? Remember Nico Price? I don't know if you remember that one. Also knocked out somebody from, the, from his uh, back as well. Like, like, he was in a half guard knee shield and the knee shield uh, created the space and he turned and just went boom, yeah. hammer him right there. Just immediately went out. It is
1: a crazy knockout. And, and the fact that he didn't against jack Roy just makes it even more insane. He was like, you know, one of the best in the world, like MMA. BJJ practitioners, as it were. Isn't he getting
2: BJJ. old, though? Who's that? Jacare?
0: Yeah, Jacare is definitely getting old. Make sure you speak up. Uh, sure. you, you hear a so Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, he's definitely getting old. He's like 38. Or, no, is he 40 now? I think he's 40. Right, I'm... T- hey! I'm turning t- 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 41. <laughs> to- oh, shut it. <laughs> Oops. Well, spoiler alert. Jacare probably, you know, could get you, Jake. Yeah, I, I, I
1: imagine he probably. <laughs> in, in a minute, I'd give him infinity times. That's how
0: I, often- <laughs> I mean, he, he... Hodger Gracie broke his arm in the finals of the World Championships, and he was up on points. This is like one of the most famous grappling stories of all time. Hodger Gracie had him in an arm bar. He broke his fucking arm, and is like, I'm not tapping. I'm up on points. I just got to let you wrench my shit until the time runs out, and yeah. then I'm going to win. And that's exactly what happened. Yep. He's turning away. His shit's broken. And he's like, well, it's already broken. It's not getting unbroken anytime soon. So he's like, I'll just let you crank it for two more minutes. Or it wasn't two minutes. It was like, I can't remember how much time was left. This was...
2: Don't you just Early feel, 2000s. like, nauseous when you know that <laughs> your, like, limb is broken? You
0: know what makes Jacare feel nauseous? <laughs> Losing. Losing a world championship. <laughs> Losing a world championship like, makes oh. him feel nauseous. That's how much of a beast that guy is. But, and, and this uh, was going to segue me to my next point. I can't wait, and I think the, the most room for innovation in MMA is striking from the back. Yeah. I think that's the, that's the area of the game that's the least focused on because so much of the game is dictated on getting up from the bottom that people would rather spend all that time doing like wrestling get-ups sweeps you know like feet on the hips pop push away pop up technical stand-ups like typical scoop back to the cage and then use the cage to get up all that shit, right that you see all the time but you see people like tony ferguson and then you see this fight with kevin holland and you see some of these people have success literally fighting from their back right throwing elbows cross-framing right like pulling your poem coming up with elbows up elbows to submissions punching into submissions and i feel like no one's really systemized that yet to the point where they train it enough where it would be highly effective but i feel like that is the most room for innovation to grow in mma that's the area that people have trained the least and it'd be really interesting if somebody like really focused on creating systems there and you know i think it should be like how you train taekwondo for MMA, right? You need to have regular, like regular simple stuff. Round kicks, low kicks, push kicks, before you start doing jumping 360 kicks, right? But if you have the basics, then you can start to add that stuff in. I would like to see some people like, uh, you know, those people that have really good stand-up, but they just start practicing that, yeah. right? Just start practicing elbows and hammer fists. I'm telling you, that, that knee shield position, People chill there all the time from the top half guard, right? You know what I mean? Like you're trying to pass the guard, bottom guy's got the shield across the stomach. There's all that space. If I'm cross blocking your arm in the half guard, like you can't really hit me from there, but I can definitely yeah. throw a back, and boom, face. and hit that hammer fist. Mm-hmm. And that Nico Price knocked that guy out. I can't remember who it was. I feel like there, there's a lot of innovation there. That was crazy. Yeah. So Kevin Holland looks like one of the best fighters of the year. I mean, he, was, that fi- was that five or six this year? It was five wins in like seven months, right?
1: Yeah, he put, he's had a couple of really close turnovers.
0: I mean, I think because the Figueredo fight was an amazing fight, first of all, but close fight, I think Kevin Holland's fighter of the year, man. That was crazy. That was crazy. He, he might get my vote for, for fighter of the year, which we'll, we'll talk about further. But let's move up that card. What else was on there? Uh, There's one after the, the Kevin Holland fight before Tony Ferguson. So, Mackenzie Dan. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, that was a pretty good fight. Mackenzie's still making progress on her striking. Uh, competitive. But McKenzie was was still pulled ahead. Mm. Remains to be seen how she's going to develop when she gets to the top five, top ten. Her striking's still pretty rough.
2: She still has a while to go, right? Mm. I mean,
0: she's only she's been in the UFC for a couple of years, but yeah. So uh, Tony Ferguson. Yeah, and we'll get into Ferguson Oliveira. I mean, <sighs> but, where do you start with this fight? <laughs> well, what was wrong?
1: I Ferguson's lost what eight rounds in a row straight now. Yeah, goddamn. I think. It's just such a shame because when he was at his hottest when he when he was arguably the best in the division he was my favorite fighter then yeah everything just didn't work out for him injuries fights getting canceled you name it and now it's what two three years down the line from that yeah. and it just looks like his time's
0: fast yeah he's 38 now and he always took damage i mean he, he still his chin still held up i mean he's still crazy enough to get in there and But you don't want to be a tough guy in the sport, right? I mean, that shit will run its course. And uh, Tony Ferguson doesn't seem like he's interested in retiring, but there's word that he's going to be one of those fighters that might be cut. That 60... Yeah. I saw an article, I think this morning, just quickly, speculating he might be on the list. I don't know if you can do that, man. You can't cut a guy who's 12 and 2 in his last 14 fights. But but to your point, he did not look good in that fight. He just technically looks worse just t- his technique looks worse
2: his training is so unconventional right
0: yeah his training super unconventional and
2: uh, it's like how you know how do you train like that and then go fight guys who are so
0: much better yeah i mean he looked more technical when he was younger like usually as you get older you have to develop tricks right you got to get all those tricks and aside from the uppercut in the second round of the gaichi fight he hasn't looked great and even in the fights before that they were blood and guts like he won those fights and he was like scary as fuck because he literally looked like and his opponents looked like they were in like a jason movie or something by the end of his like he was just terrorizing everybody but he was still getting hit in every fight and it just doesn't seem like he's got the tricks and most importantly he doesn't have the defense and that's that's his biggest problem It's just the defense isn't there He's getting hit all the time. He got taken down easily by Charles Oliveira, who's not known for his takedowns. He's known for his BJJ. Yeah. And then when he got taken down, he was making even really bad technical mistakes with his jiu-jitsu. He's pushing up with his elbows. That's why he got caught in that armbar. He's not hip escaping. He wasn't turning to push his back toward the cage to get up with the wrestler stand-up. I mean, he, it just wasn't there. He's, like, trying to fight him off his back. Like, but when he was mounted and in the half guard and stuff, like... You get the close guard, you could start to do some of that stuff, but if you're, like, inside control and in mount, you can't be punching from there and no. elbowing. It's just that crazy shit he does, and it just seems like he's slowed down a step and his technique isn't making up the gap.
1: All, all that crazy stuff he did, like... But that's what got him to the dance. Like, he was so unorthodox and so unusual, and it worked. But I guess it just...
0: Gets but I feel to the point like where his, fundamentals, his fundamentals have suffered. So, the crazy stuff is not, like... You know, when you do spinning moves and you do crazy shit and you do MRI rolls and you do fucking Superman elbows and you do spinning elbow, all the crazy shit Tony Ferguson does, you need to sprinkle that in, right? Yeah. That needs to be a sprinkle. You can't make your game around that. If you want to hit that flashy shit, you can, but it's got to be, you got to set it up and it's got to be unexpected, right? And I just feel like his fundamentals, he drops his hands, his chin is up, he looks leaner. He doesn't look as broad as he used to be and the wrestling's not there the jiu-jitsu wasn't there and like his last two fights I mean <sighs> I don't know I don't know what to do with him uh,
1: we're going to be talking about um,
0: yeah, the years events and
1: stuff like that like disappointment of the years may be the way one of the things could be the way things have gone for him this year because yeah. he just he used to be phenomenal
0: and him and uh, him and Leon Edwards they had a rough 2020 yeah uh, there's a few fighters this year that have just had a rough go Woodley Woodley's <laughs> had a bad <laughs> bad 2020 you know, so there's going to be something you have a few fighters who've had an amazing 20. Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland has burned it up in 2020. Hamza Chimayev burned it up in 2020. So you're going to see that, right? You're going to see that come and go. But man, it's just so disappointing to see the fall of some guys. And Tony Ferguson, for me, is just one of those guys that just ah, hurts. Because that Khabib fight's gone. I wanted that so bad. Like four years ago, that shit would have been epic. Yeah. Right. I mean, now if Charles Oliveira can do that to Khabib or to uh, Tony Ferguson, khabib would have fucking mauled him i mean three years ago four years ago maybe not yeah but now it's pretty clear to see that tony's grappling has taken a big step back uh his speed and timing has taken a step back and his striking defense is not there because he just keeps getting fucked up even when he wins yeah he's getting fucked up so
2: do you think it's because of the fight with Kechi that he's like deteriorated
0: that's a good question that's a good question that
2: fight was pretty that was pretty, crazy that was yeah. ugly I was like, I was like, almost gonna cry at the I end mean, of the round. I was I like, know, I no, mean, just get him out of it. He's I mean, like mean, she
0: stopped him, but he's still conscious, right? That's yeah. the scary thing about. But it, he's mean, like
2: shaking his head, like that this. was weird. Right? Oh, like, don't do fun. that. You watch
0: him; he's just like, yeah, like oh my god, like, blood, like he literally shivered, but it looked like his sh- his soul shivered. Yeah, right, like the inner part, of just a guttural. And you're just like, oh god, that's kind of like, creepy. Yeah. When you get goosebumps just like thinking about that.
1: But he had, a knee, he had the knee injury when he was supposed to fight Khabib and he tripped over the cable. That's he, when it all yeah, started to go down. That's an knee injury that ends your career. And he came back from it without actually getting any real In like territory. six months. Yeah.
0: And then fought Pettis in a brutal fight, which he got dropped in also, right? He won that fight. And it's the same thing with like a lot of these fights, right? When he fought uh, Lando Venata, when he fought... like A lot of these are hard fights he has. He just still finds a way to get it done. But now it's like I don't, I don't think his technique... And his defense are uh, clean enough to enable him to use his uh, unorthodox shit, his toughness, all that stuff, right? And uh, because you can be as tough as hell, but if you get picked off constantly for 25 minutes, then you don't have the space and the timing to hit your unconventional stuff, right? And uh, Justin Gacy did it on the feet, and then Oliver did it on the ground, right? It was the same story, but just two different systems to do it. Right, like Gaethje crushed him on the feet. He got endangered once by that uppercut, and didn't Tony threaten, uh, have a decent bite on a darts against Oliveira too? I think he had a little bit of a bite on that, which is his move. You know, like there, there's uh, spots, but it's very too. It's way too little, right? It's way too little, and yeah, it's a fucking bummer to see. But the flip side, Charles Oliveira looks like a world champion. Yeah, I mean that might be the guy, that might be the guy. Uh, he looked... F- phenomenal. He's looks so good in all of his last fights. He's experienced. Everything's clean and crisp. When you see him wrestle Tony Ferguson like that, that's when I'm like, damn. If he, if he added that wrestling to his game, then he's a serious, serious threat. The only caveat with Oliveira is he tends to struggle with heavy hitters, power punchers. Just, Which
1: is what he's going to have to face. Yes, especially in the gonna, top five.
0: Yeah. yeah, Gaethje, that'd be a problem for him. right? Those type of guys. And if For anybody that wants to shit on Paul Felder go watch Paul Felder cave his fucking head into the canvas with elbows from the closed (laughs) guard. And uh, that's his only loss in the 155-pound division. That should make you respect Paul Felder a little bit more because for whatever reason, people shit on him. I don't know why. He is a fucking animal. He has some of the most entertaining fights in the history of the lightweight division. And he caved his fucking head in and knocked him out bad, bad. Uh, So uh, that that fight was his only loss in the lightweight division. But if he has to deal with Gaethje... Poirier, Connor. Connor, those guys that have real one-stop power, super explosive, like fast twitch. Those are the guys that he struggled with, even when he was a featherweight. Um, but he might be the one. He might be the dark horse in that division. I still think Khabib would smash him, but anybody else, I think he's got a good chance at, at beating. Connor would give him problems. Gaethje would give him problems, though. I think. But those yeah. are hell of a good fights now.
1: You got Connor Poirier, so then you could give him gagey and then you whoever could give him would, hooker as well hooker would be a
0: nice option there that would be a fucking fight that'd be a good fight yeah
1: but um because obviously the belt's on the line so it's like a mini tournament going on in that division so he gets to fight for the belt so that's be tony you
0: just needed this one dude <laughs> you just needed this one that's all you needed because we never saw we never saw ferguson versus poirier we never saw ferguson versus connor we never saw ferguson versus khabib like tony ferguson has been in the ufc for 10 fucking years and we never saw those fights 12 12 fight win streak i know and then there was just like i just wish he had like two more years just to get a couple of those good fights in but that window just seems like it's gone and i'm a big tony ferguson fan it's a bummer but uh, hey it's not not a young man's or not an old man's game 38 years old taking that kind of punishment you have that kind of berserker stack you know korean zombie style like you know tony ferguson style I mean, there's
1: still... I suppose the good thing about that division is there's still really good fights for him. Like, you'd watch him fight
0: Cowboy again. You'd watch him fight Pettis again.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I'd still watch that. I
0: mean, I know how it would go, I I suspect, but I'd still watch it. I just think Tony Ferguson... I mean, I know he got new coaches for this, apparently, but it's just not there. The technique is just not there. Like, I can see it. Like I can just see the the technical mistakes. He drops his hands to his hips, retracting a lot of his punches. You know, he... The, I mean, the wrestling was really su- surprising because he's always been a good wrestler. And he, like, later in his career, even when he fought uh, Kevin Lee, he played the bottom game. Mm. Like, I don't want to see you play the bottom game. Get up, dude. Get up. Like, because all of his scrambles for his Darces and shit happened in transition. He, he fucked up Kevin Lee on his back. But, like, at the higher levels, you just can't be, can't be playing that game. It's a, it's a bummer. I don't know what they do with him. I'd like to see him get one more. I still think he'd be, he's going to be a top five guy, maybe six in the world. Like, you can still give him some I don't know if it's the right time to cut him yet. He might have one more if he gets the right opponent. Hopefully, they can kind of get him moving again, but he needs to really, really just hang back and focus on his technique.
1: Also, not go to a trampoline park two days before the big fight. He's crazy.
0: He's crazy. That's why he's so fun. That's why He's, so, he's just so unorthodox and so fun. That's why I like him so much. Yeah. He'll do anything and he does not give a fuck. And I love those people like the Diaz brothers and Tony Ferguson and those guys that you just can never beat. You can beat you can defeat them, but you'll never beat them. They're that kind of crazy. Justin Gaethje, right? Like uh, Dustin Poirier. The only way to actually beat them is to like separate from them from their consciousness or outpoint them. Yeah. Cuz they never ever 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 will quit. And Tony Ferguson to me is the most uh, he's got the biggest heart of any fighter in MMA history. There's no guy that he's never once in a single second of his UFC career ever looked like he wanted to stop. <laughs> like even if he's getting fucking destroyed, he's that kind of crazy. And uh, man, you don't want to fight Okakuei, man. You don't want, even if you yo, win. Yo. Even if you win, you don't want to fight that guy, right? Because <laughs> he just you're not going to beat him mentally. So you're going to be in for a grind. Yeah. And uh, but having said that, Oliveira. Was pretty much a clean, clean finish. He was never really threatened. No cuts or anything. Too bad. All right, so we'll keep it on the Tony Ferguson situation. Let's move on, dude. What's the next one? And uh, then you had the main event. Oh, Figueroa, Marina! What a fight! What a yeah. great, what a great, great fight! Tons of fouls, which was a huge bummer because the fouls I thought totally changed the the trajectory of the fight. That dick kick was. Brutal, just the toes to the balls. When the toes get in there, that's a problem. Listen, if I front kick you with my toes and I hit you in the stomach, nothing hurts worse than like the toes and like the ball of foot just digging into your ribs, your liver. Now imagine your ballsack, <laughs> like, like that is a perfect fit. You know what I mean? Like if you hit the shin or you hit the foot, like the balls will kind of move around the object. Yeah. But when you have the flat of the foot come in, it's a perfect fit. You know, there's no room for it to go anywhere.
1: I I thought when when it happened, I was like, oh, well, this fight's done. Yeah, yeah, he's not getting up. I I thought
0: he was going to puke for a second. (laughs) And I was like, if he (laughs) puked. And then, so I thought that actually changed the momentum of the fight, honestly. Because, I mean, I actually thought Moreno came back and won after the the groin shot. It was still super competitive. So maybe not that, but but there's no way that didn't affect you to some degree. And that was the second or third one, right? Weren't there a few groin shots? There were a few. The few I'm fouls. I'm going from memory, but That one yeah, took the. Me, me too. I only watched it once, like last week, but.
2: But don't they wear a cup? Like, the yeah, toes
0: don't go. No, no. It went up and in. It got up under the cup. He threw a front kick from, like, way too close, and it went up. Oh. And then, like, you could see the cup, <laughs> like, the foot underneath the cup. It went in there, you know? Oh. It was a bad one. Yeah. It was a bad groin strike, for they sure. They deduct the point. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah. And so. that ended up being the reason why it went to a, a draw, oh. because they deducted the point. If there was no point deduction, Figueredo would have won. But that was a brutal dick kick. You can't do that. I mean, that is horrific. <laughs> <laughs> should it maybe take
1: two points for that? I'd have been like, I know you can't, but yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's feel like they should have.
0: Well, and there were, there were several fouls as well, and that's, you know, that's a whole other issue. What, I'm, glad, yeah, I'm glad they took the groin kicks. I'm glad they took the, the point away because I feel like that was a really bad one. Um, I, I'm happy with the draw. I thought it was a crazy good fight. Figueredo started good and ended good. Uh, And I thought Moreno was better throughout the middle, mid parts of the fight. Uh, It looked like his arm was broken. You see his arm? He blocked a kick. I mean, it looked like an alien was giving birth on his (laughs) wrist or something like that. He had this huge huge hematoma on his arm from blocking a kick. And then he wasn't throwing his jab the whole round. He said afterward he didn't think it was broken. But I mean, the inactivity with his jab really made me think it was pretty hurt. And he pretty much let the fight go in the last round. He backed off a little bit. Maybe he was tired, it was a brutal fight, a horrific kicking the balls. All of these things probably led to a little bit of inactivity. I thought Figueredo fought well in the fifth round. His cardio was there. Everyone was kind of questioning his cardio with the weight cut and everything. <clears throat> but he got a lot of breaks because yeah. every time there was a foul, that was why I think Moreno wanted to push the pace and come back quickly because he has the cardio advantage. And, but every round, Figueredo got like a two- or three-minute break, <laughs> you know, because some sort of foul. I'm exaggerating, but... No, but, um... but the flyweight division is good. It's good. This is the best it's ever been. It's back. It's interesting. Like, Moreno's amazing. What a great fighter. I mean, that was a scary fight. Especially in the beginning. Figueredo came on strong. All the fouls. He took everything. Was always firing back. If he, uh, if he wins a title, he'll be the first ever Mexican mixed martial arts champion. Which would be really cool, too. Yeah. Because have, Mexicans have such a history of fighting. and boxing and everything else.
1: But it was... Um... We, we forgot to mention, in the, you just said about the Owen bar. That's what we completely forgot. How Tony Ferguson's arm still works in the first oh, part. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. We totally didn't even mention that he got his arm nearly broken off. I mean, that's what I mean by he's crazy. And this yeah. is why I tell all you jiu-jitsu people listening to this podcast, work chokes. <laughs> chokes are number one. Because crazy people will let you break their shit off. <laughs> like, they will. Yep. They will. They just 100% will. Look at Jacare. Look at – and, you know – It's a little bit of a purist thing to be like, yeah, well, most people, you know, in a fight, you get somebody an arm bar, they're going to attack. Yeah, most people, but not all of them. (laughs) Not Not, all of them. Not Tony Ferguson. As has been shown by many, many, many people throughout MMA. Chokes always win. Like, you get it, it's done. You're not tougher than a choke. You can be tougher than an arm bar. You can, you can. Many people, Tim Sylvia got his arm broken and wanted to continue. Jacare got his arm broken, wanted to continue. Tony Ferguson may as well have gotten his arm broken. I don't know what happened, but it looked pretty bad. And uh, still, one of the fight, go for chokes. Train your chokes. Joint locks are cool. Uh, uh, even heel hooks, right? Like you, I mean, heel hooks are a little different because it mixes with your stability and your walking. Heel hooks are, I think, the most effective joint lock. That's uh, why I always tell Charmaine to make sure she's... She loves arm bars. Right? She's an armbar machine. She armbars everybody. <laughs> but I have to tell her, like, arm, Charmaine, stop arm barring. Just, no. She's like, she goes all. The, it's just her instinct to always go for it. <laughs> And I'm like, stop, stop, because she's never working her other moves because she's got a good arm bar. She catches people with it. And it's hard. It's one of those things where, like, you don't want to not use your best yeah, But moves. I do
2: it from a So, I mean, if I'm in MMA, I just punch.
0: You do it from the guard, too. You do it from the not guard as well. Any,
2: not anymore. Well, because I'm trying family. to shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> i trying to shut it down, that's why.
0: But, uh, yeah, but that, that's the reason why is because people can, will not tap to that stuff or even other stuff. Like, some people are incredibly flexible. I mean, some people can straight up bend their elbow back. Double right, joint. Double jointed. More than 180 degrees. I mean, we had a kid today, right? Yeah. We have a one. this one kid, Mikhail, kid trains. One of the other kids put him in an arm bar. I mean, it was straight. He's like bre- pulling it over the hip, bridging up. That shit's bent all backwards. And he's just like, I don't feel it. I don't feel <laughs> it. I don't feel it. And I'm just like, and, and this kid's like, why isn't it working? And I'm like, it's hard to explain. <laughs> like, I'm like, you're doing it right. He's like, this move doesn't work. I'm like, it does. But, you know, occasionally you'll meet people who are super Gumby, right? They just have that body type to do. Yeah. I've met people, I've had some people that I've had in like full on, even triangle chokes. Dead, I'm squeezing them full. It was before I really knew how to do a triangle. But like some people like Vlad, Vlad will let people choke and I mean, you will squeeze hard and he's just like, his face is red. You're just like, I mean, because he knows like, right at the brink of going unconscious is not unconscious yet. I'm still good. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And uh, you meet people that are hard to hit with certain moves, but generally they'll, they'll work and Tony, I don't know if he has double joints or... If it was serious, did you see any article about what the results were after that?
1: All I saw was Tony Ferguson <laughs> and went and just got cupping done on his arm. Didn't even bother with the doctor. Oh That'll God. fix it.
0: That's Tony Ferguson. <laughs> yep. And that's why I believe his career is coming short. Because yeah. he's just so tough. He's like, fuck it. I'm going to do ninja crawls, front flips, t- fucking kung fu poles. Bro. I mean, no, he's still doing his real training also, but he needs to focus like all of his attention on distance management, defense. Right? Crisp, clean striking. Even his jiu-jitsu is so unconventional and so awkward. I know it's effective. He's tapped a lot of people. He's beat a lot of good people. But, like, the way he's lifting up his elbows and... I mean, that armbar was just given to him. His elbows were, like, all the way up. Like, there was no way Oliver wasn't going to take that armbar. I don't want to bring back Tony Ferguson again, but... <laughs> no, I've got to show you this now. Oh, God. Oh, is this it? Fixed. Oh. <laughs> Not even a problem. Fixed. Taken care of it.
2: I mean, Why? Like, just cup it out, bro. Oh God. Suck
0: all the evil blood out. I, I tried it.
2: It, it. I don't think it works. <laughs> it left me feeling very like lethargic.
0: That's what I hear. Like yeah. I've never done the cupping, cause, but they're
2: like, yeah. oh, it's normal. It's just your blood, your toxins leaving your body. Like, <laughs> That's what
0: they always say. But <laughs> when has that ever been like confirmed with science? <laughs> like, oh but I, had it, I I pulled something
1: in my shoulder and I did it done on my back and it was better. So I don't know. For some things, maybe. I don't want to shit not. on
0: it, but it's definitely not going to fix a broken arm. No. <laughs> and I'm not even saying Tony's arm is broken. I don't know what the situation is. It was clearly severely strained. Uh, maybe there was no, like, real serious damage. So he just cupped it out. You know what I mean? I would definitely go to physio, though. But but uh, all right, man. Oh, one fight I wanted to mention, too, because uh, the podcast last week got pulled was the, was the uh, Jack Hermanson fight with um, Marvin Vittori. What a great, amazing fight. Did you catch that one? Yeah, yeah, last yeah. Last yeah. week, I mean, we didn't get to do the podcast last week, but, man, we, we just filmed, uh, or I went straight from training to the podcast, so I didn't get a chance to catch it. I just saw the result. And then I went back uh, after the podcast and watched it. Woo, what a fight! If you, didn't see, if you guys listening didn't catch that fight, go watch that Marvin Vittori-Jack Romanson fight because that shit was good. One of the best fights of the year. And uh, Marvin Vittori is the only guy to like, have a close fight with Adesanya fought into a split decision. It was as close, other than Gastelum, which Gastelum hurt him more, but Vittori was like more technical, you know? But uh, Marvin Vittori is another one, like Kevin Holland, who's had an amazing 2020. He took that fight on like a couple of weeks notice, fought five hard rounds with the guy who was like ranked fourth in the world on two weeks notice. Yeah. Looked amazing. Like Italian guy, another, if he wins, he'll be the first Italian champion. It's really nice. Like, the UFC is so international now. You got the Dagestanis, you got Moreno coming up from Mexico, Vittori's coming from the Adesanya, and all those guys in Auckland, right? Training um, with Eugene okay, Berman yeah, yeah. over at City Kickboxing. And then you have Australia, Chinese. Robert Whitaker, Zhang Wei Li. I mean, the fucking, and of course, you got the American champions, you got Nganu, Africa's represented, Kamaru Uzman, right? I mean, literally, every continent has a major. Like a top 10 level uh, UFC fighter. Crazy. It's so awesome. I remember when it was all Americans and Brazilians.
1: Yeah.
0: But did you... I I meant to bring it up and then we didn't do the podcast. The
1: fucking state of Vittori's face after it. Have you seen it?
0: Oh, no. Let me see. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, I did see that. Yeah. Just
1: sliced to pieces. But, like, it looks like
0: nail marks. I mean, Hermanson was hitting him hard, man. Jack Hermanson is tough as hell. I I didn't know how good he was uh, after, like, the Jacare fight. Because a couple of his... He's got that guillotine that he does to everybody, that, like, arm and guillotine. Mm. I think they call it the joker or because his nickname's the Joker. And, uh...
2: But it looks like, eye, like eye-gouging.
0: No, I, th- I think it was, like, glancing shots. Like, usually those ones that mark you up are, like, catching the edge of the glove. Or sometimes they're, like, the du- direct ones where they won't, they won't necessarily bruise up. Or you get the sliding ones, which will give you little cuts. Could be elbows. Could be a yeah. lot of stuff, right? But to that fight was amazing. Amazing. And Marvin Vittori's uh, the next... The next serious threat at middleweight. I mean, they, uh, Dana White was talking about him and Paul Acosta. Boom. If we get Paul Costa back again, if he looks anything like old Paul Costa, that could be a burner. So I just wanted to uh, mention that one because it was a great fight. And shall we move on to? Today's card? Yeah, Our let's do today's card. Coming up. As usual, I caught some of them and some of the highlights because I was working. But let's go to oh, start Greg with Hardy Greg. lost. Yeah, Greg Hardy loss. Uh, you want to start with that? Is that the first fight on the Yeah, that was card? the first one. On the,
1: oh, well, Pettis fought. Oh, Pettis Bizarrely, first. Pettis fought in the prelims, I think. I yeah, I think he fought. was like
0: the main fight on the prelims. Uh, let's, do, let's start with Pettis. So, uh, Pettis fought uh, Moreno, right? Um, Moreno, sorry. right? No, no, no. Sorry, I'm just trying to uh, bring it up. Uh, so, uh, anyway, the Pettis fight was good. He's, he, he took a step back in terms of uh, co- level of competition. Oh, there you go. Yeah, oh, yeah, you're uh, right. Moreno, you right? <laughs> yeah, Alex yeah. Moreno. So uh, he, took a, he took a step back here in competition from the previous guys that he'd been fighting. First of all, he looked in better shape. His body yeah. looked better. There's been some, that was a 70 still, right? Welterweight. Yeah, welterweight. It's still the same. So yeah, I mean, he's looked kind of doughy at, at 170 at times. And uh, he did some interviews saying that he'd kind of been fucking around and drinking and partying a little bit too much and all that kind of stuff. And uh, apparently he took this fight seriously. I can tell his body looked different. He looked like he did it lightweight, like sh- shredded, ripped up. He looked amazing. He fucking hit a wheel kick that damn near knocked him out. Yeah, did you see the wheel he, kick? Right at the end of the third. Can you, uh, Charmaine, you probably like to see this too. Can you see if you can find the, the Instagram clip of that?
2: <laughs> yeah, okay. I tried to do a wheel kick to Tiffany just now during MMA. far she caught it and took me down. And I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah,
0: you live by the wheel kick, you die by the wheel kick. Ask Chris Weidman about that when he fought uh, Luke Rockhold. The exact same situation.
2: She just caught it and took me down. And I was like, okay, <laughs> never do this again.
0: <laughs> so look at, look at this wheel kick. I mean, he just barely missed him, right? Barely, barely missed him. And here it comes, I think. Maybe. Boom up Boom! Yeah, wobbled him. But Pettis' mistake... All right, you can probably cut it there, Jay. But Pettis' mistake was he goes for the guillotine right there. If mm. he had just uh, separated and punched, he probably could have finished him there. Because he's definitely wobbled. But the the jiu-jitsu, like him clinching up allowed him to catch his breath and get his wits about him. And then uh, Pettis ended up winning a decision, so that was a good fight. Good to see him look good. Yeah. Good to see him look good. Uh, I feel like if he's motivated and he's training hard, he can do some damage. I mean, he beat Wonderboy and knocked him out. Uh, So clearly he can still fight. It's just, you know, with Pettis, after his title loss, you never really know which version of him you're going to see. You see flashes of brilliance, and then you see him get – caught tony ferguson kind of fucked him up a little bit broke his hand bloodied up like he gets in wars and then doesn't always come out on top and sometimes he gets like kind of wrestle fucked and there's you just never know which anthony pettis you're going to see after his uh championship loss but he still sporadically shows that flashes of brilliance like that wheel kick what an amazing wheel kick Uh, oh charmaine i wanted to ask you uh what was your experience training with tiffany like i thought it would be while we were just talking about it
2: very technical. Like. That'd be interesting, right? Because, yeah. I mean,
0: Tiffany's the best female Singaporean. Uh, I mean, she's the best in Singapore, for sure, right? Best MMA fighter, highest globally ranked. And it must be cool for you to get to train with her and stuff like that. Yeah. What, what was the experience like? Because she came in last week and she came in this week to do... And you got to do jiu-jitsu with her. You got to do no-gi. You got to do MMA sparring.
2: But I was, like, pretty scared at first to even roll with her. Because, you know, she's, her fact name is No Chill, right? So I was like, I don't want to get, like, fucked up by her or anything. But she's very chill, very technical, very super fun to roll with.
0: Yeah, it's mm. a little a little intimidating. A lot of the girls are... <laughs> I asked, like, <laughs> Kezia and a couple of the other girls to, like, oh, go, go trade with her. And they're just like, what? <laughs> Kezia's <is laughs> like, no, not I, me. I'm like, no, 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 and she's nice, everybody. I would say the same thing to Charmaine. Like, the first time... I told this story in the podcast before, but the first time Charmaine met... Uh, Tiffany, they were supposed to compete. Well, they were in the same bracket, right? They're in the same division. Of course, Charmaine's way smaller than Tiff, but, you know, Singapore, girls, Purple Belt, there's not a lot of them, so it's pretty much just only absolute. Mm. And then, uh, uh, Charmaine ended up losing in the first round and then Tiffany advanced so they did get to roll together And I told Charmaine, I was like, go talk to her. She's like, super cool. She's like, no, I don't want to <laughs>
2: like, And I'm like, weird.
0: no, you should totally get talk to her <laughs> She looks like super intimidating and she's a really high-level MMA fighter, but she's chill as hell Yeah,
2: when I was rolling before I go- got her in a closed gut and then uh, my immediate reaction was like, <laughs> was like <laughs> Don't hit me! I know! <laughs> <laughs> it's fun! Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, it's no actually, so I'm no, okay
0: You know what you need to do? You need to this is the thing. This is why you have to train MMA differently than BJJ because you're really good underhooking, right? You were um, able to get underhooks on her and stuff. Yeah. But you're always doing like the underhook knee pick sweep. Stand up. Just get up to your feet with the underhook. But
2: I can't take downs. I can't yeah, do takedowns. <laughs> do
0: you want Tiffany on top of you when she can punch you? No. Or do you want to stand up? You definitely don't want that. I definitely want to stand up. You don't want to be underneath her when she's dropping bombs on you, dude. Yeah. Get that underhook, get up to your feet, circle away. You know what I mean? (laughs) Run, run. But, uh, yeah, it was cool having her and Kaishong come in and train together. It's really nice getting to train with, like, the high-level Singaporean competitor. Even Kaishong, he's a beast. Yeah. He's really, really good. Uh, Major's been talking to me about him for years and uh, tells me that he's definitely one of the best best guys in Singapore. I think he was supposed to fight some this year, but then the COVID stuff, you know. So it would be nice to see how he – progresses because he, he's really technical I was able to do um, MMA sparring with him today as well so we were MMA gloves punching kicking jiu-jitsu everything he, he took me down he's good, he cool. good. Uh, all right anyway so main, let's, let's, main let's, card yeah yeah and let's the, go to the main card so we'll start off with Greg Hardy and uh, Marcin Taibora uh, first of all always weird when we talk about Greg Hardy Because he's got the domestic abuse stuff attached to his (laughs) name. We're trying to forget about it. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, despite some terribly named hashtags that I use, I'm not really a fan. (laughs) I'm not really into that. I make jokes, but uh, it's hard to cheer for people like that. But I also kind of respect the hustle. Because, you know, you can't judge people for... Like, there has to be a path where you're like, okay, you can move on with your life at some point. right We can't just hold the grudges forever. You don't want to forget, but you can't be like... All right, you can't work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Got to let the guy do his thing. And he takes tough fights, and he's really inexperienced. The inexperience showed in the fight, but he took a tough guy. His last fight is Volkanovski, right? Or did he have one after that? One after Volkanovski, and the, can you pull up uh, Greg Hardy's record? And uh, he had Volkanovski. Maybe he had one more that he won, and then Tybora. Those are top ten heavyweights. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry, the beer guys. Those are top ten heavyweights. And uh, with a guy with only three years' experience, I mean, those are tough fights. And he doesn't back down to him. He doesn't mind losing. You know, he wants to win. He's obviously a super athlete, really competitive. He was an NFL All-Pro. So we're dealing with top-tier athleticism with Greg Hardy, which is why he's able to crack the top 15 in the world in just a couple years. Uh, You managed to find it there? uh, Uh, Yeah. uh, Let's see what his record is.
1: Bring it up. Ah, MMA record. Here we go. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, no, he's, he's won two since he lost to um, Volkanovsky. Okay, can you read it so, out? I can't yeah. quite see.
3: So let me uh, put it up. Put it
1: on. So, uh, yeah, but, so he had the Volkanovsky loss, then he had a win against the Castro, oh, yeah. win against Morris Green, and then right. lost today.
0: Yeah, well, this is, uh, I believe, pretty much what I expected with the fight uh, because what you're starting to see with Greg Hardy. Is a difference in skill that your athleticism can't make up for, and that's in the grappling. Yeah, right. If you're a striker and there's distance between you, if you're a power puncher, if you're explosive, if you're very quick to close the range, those sort of X factors are uh, really, really. Uh, they translate well to striking. They don't translate well to grappling. I mean, he he doesn't know how to hip escape. He can't get up. He's getting controlled everywhere. He's just doing. He's moving the wrong way on the ground. Uh, I think, I mean, I'm sure he's he's at ATT. He's definitely doing grappling. But there's a difference between, like, a super athlete who's been striking for two or three years because those guys can knock you the fuck out. Look at Francis Ngannou, right? I mean, but then look at Francis when he fights Stipe. Yeah. Okay? And then look uh, look at Greg Hardy when he fights strikers. And then look at Greg Hardy when he fights someone who gets him down and grapples him. I mean, you just can't fight at the highest level with two to three years of grappling experience
1: but he, he i mean he, he, he won the first round
0: yeah oh quite, yeah quite oh yeah for sure yeah yeah. But yeah
1: then take down in round two and he literally looked like yeah. he didn't know how to get off his back yeah was just, just like, like a dead gosh. fish like, yeah.
0: part of that could have been maybe blowing his load in the first round he could have been tired all that all that kind of stuff but he does not know how to be efficient yeah. with his on the ground yeah. at all and uh that is going to be tough for him to deal with as he gets into the upper echelon. I mean, John Jones, come on, dude. Like, John Jones is going to fucking throw you. Like, you know what I mean? You deal with Stipe. Yeah. These, these guys can wrestle, man. And even like Ngannou, like, you want to trade with yeah. him? <laughs> so even if the top five that he wouldn't necessarily try to wrestle, fuck him. Yeah. You don't want to strike Alistair Over, you don't want to strike with those guys. But Derek Lewis. <laughs> like,
1: like Derek Lewis. You can't stand in front of the, in a pocket with him. And if Derek Lewis gets you on the floor and you can't get off your back and he's raining down punches yeah. on you,
0: you are fucked. Derek Lewis is the only heavyweight ever who actually is successful at just standing the fuck up. Yeah. He, he's, he's the <laughs> only heavyweight who's just like, oh, he took me down. I'm just going to stand up. He's not technical. He doesn't hit the He just, he literally like bench press and just stand up. <laughs> and you're like, did you just stand up when you were on your back? And he's like, yeah, I just got it up. <laughs> so he just gets the fuck up somehow. I don't know how he does it. He's the most untechnical guy with that, but he always gets up. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe Hardy can pull Derek Lewis or something, but he's one of the only guys who's been successful just like getting up somehow without having tons of technique, right? Until you get to Daniel Cormier. And then the process repeats itself of, oh, you see what happens when you're a dangerous power puncher, but if you get taken down, sometimes you can get up against the regular people, but with the elite. Yeah. The guys that are really. Taibor is a top guy. You know, you get Stipe again with Nganu. You're not getting up with him. You might, he's going to make you keep getting up over and over while he's punching you. You just can't rush that. that there's no shortcuts with uh, wrestling and jiu-jitsu. there are shortcuts with striking. You're a power puncher, you're a fucking Yoel Romero. Or you're a Francis Ngannou, a Mike Ty- I mean, Mike Tyson was super technical, but if you have that kind of fast twitch, that kind of explosion, that's a shortcut. You can definitely knock people out quicker than other people if you have those physical gifts. But they don't translate as well to grappling. You know, that's technique. Yeah. So, uh, and that's, that's what you saw there. Uh, Greg Hardy still going to be, he's still going to get wins. You know, he's still going to get losses. I don't know if he'll be champion. I don't think he'll get that far. But I think he can have a solid career, you know, and, uh.
1: I mean, the UFC are clearly but, invested in him as well. They keep on giving him fights. They keep on – and he's that weird one that, like, he'll, he'll lose to a better opponent. Then, unlike with other people, they seem to give him, like, then two fights that are winnable for him.
0: And he's super active. Yeah. Like, he, he doesn't mind losing. Like, he, he loses – you know, sometimes, sometimes people lose and they take time off and they take ages off and they, like, retire a bunch of times, like Conor or whatever, you know what I mean? But he doesn't seem to mind losing. It's just like, hey, it's just which is good. That's why, what I respect about him. But, uh, I mean, the real story should be Taibora. He, he looked great. He, he's a serious contender. Um, don't He seems like he's, if I had to pick, he'd probably live in that fringe, top five, top ten, uh, real elite level. But I don't know if he's going to get over on the really, really super freaks at heavyweight. <clears throat> but still good enough to beat the, the athletes with, with better technique. So uh, let's go to the next one. Then uh, Marlam uh, Marais, Rob and, Font. And Font. Yeah. You Seen that one? Yeah, I saw that one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he short f- short fight. Rob Font looked amazing. Marlon is another one who seems to be uh, suffering from the broken, broken. Ooh, thank you, sir. That's what I needed. A refill in the beer. Uh, but ever since uh, Marlon lost to Cejudo, he hasn't he hasn't looked great. He looked decent against Aldo in a, in a pretty close fight, and then uh, Sandhagen fucked him up with that wheel kick, which we're gonna get the out of the year pretty soon. That that's up there. Um, and then now another loss to Rob Font, who was not really a, I thought Marlon would win. I knew Font was really good, but, uh, Marlon just seems to have some technical or some mental blocks that you can't seem to get over. But Rob Font got another contender. He looked brutal. Yeah.
1: Font looked really good. I mean, Marlon
0: Moraes even almost wheel kicked him right at the end before that finish. He was like an inch away from, Uh, Marlon still can win fights. I don't know if he's got the championship mentality. He's got the championship body (laughs) (laughs) and he's got real, he's really, he's got the championship skills. It's uh, can he develop the championship mindset before his window closes here? Because it's already looking like it's going in that direction. Uh, Rob Font on the rise, though. He looked really good. He, can you pull up Rob Font's record? I'd like to see yep. who he's fought recently.
3: Because uh, Marlon
0: Rice is definitely his biggest name. But he just hasn't looked the same since that Cejudo fight. Henry Cejudo just broke him.
1: So yeah, right. MMA record. Mm. Oh, so he's on a three-fight win streak now. So, nope. Oh. Mm.
0: Three-fight win. Who, uh, who do we got here? Sergio Pettis. Oh right, he beat Sergio, Ricky Simon, uh, Simon and Mo. that's those are three good wins. Lost a bit, bit and, sketchy and, oh and Almeida right. too. Damn Pedro, those are that is a tough, tough like seven fights in a row. Yeah. God damn, that is a tough, tough go. Rob Font is seriously veteran man those are tough fights amazing amazing he we got a contender we got another one there and then uh move up chaos williams you know uh i think a lot of people were hyping him up he's another one of those guys that's got sick sick power really explosive but you could tell he's still developing the technique he's got the best game or the best name in mma history chaos williams spelled with a k but then he's like the ox
1: fighter as well is his nickname the his ox fighter his nickname is the ox fighter what, is
0: that, what does that even mean i don't know but it sounds <laughs> amazing what does ox fighter even mean like he fights oxes yeah because that's why <laughs> he <laughs> is the ox <laughs> i have
2: no idea
0: i'm sure that's let me take before so i'm not talking the today. ox fighter i never heard it called that but i mean his name is so amazing chaos williams already is so amazing it doesn't need a you want to uh yeah the it's ox fighter the ox fighter yeah, i'm not ta- wait, I'm just wait, not, wait. No, I want i'm not just talking life. bollocks.
1: It is uh, Chaos Williams, the Ox fighter, which is the Ox amazing. The
0: MMA I name. Even, I don't even understand. Usually, he should be one, He's the only guy that should not take a fight name. Yeah, and just be Chaos. Chaos. Chaos, man. I mean, that's Colby Covington's nickname. That's his real name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so, uh, uh Michelle Pereira's a beast. He's jacked. He's huge. He reminds me a little bit of T Tibau. Some um, insane
1: moves like uh,
0: he, 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 he's a freak athletically yeah. you can just look at his body he's so bodied up uh but technical as well technical as well and that's that i thought the difference between uh, him and chaos chaos is still up and coming he's uh but he's a he's a good prospect you know you got this group of of guys there like uh buckley and chaos and um uh holland and there's this really really interesting level of, uh, of guys There's like new signees but you can really see the potential and uh, he's one of them and, and michelle Pereira is as well So it'll be interesting to see how that moves forward. Good fight.
1: Uh, Aldo Vera, which was...
0: Cheeto and Aldo.
1: Did you see that? Yeah. Did you see uh, that one? Yeah. Did you see the bizarre, like, well, Aldo just decided to become a backpack in the final round.
0: I I didn't catch all of it at the end. so,
1: So round three, Aldo basically gets him down, takes his back, locks in the body triangle, and Vera just cannot get him off, so then decides the best move is to stand up walk over to his corner so he's closer to his corner to hear what they're telling him to do to get him off. Oh, that's <laughs> and hilarious. fall to the floor. He, and he just... Honestly, Aldo was Could, like the world's fucking best ever backpacker. <laughs> I mean, his jiu-jitsu was good.
0: I mean, I, I was in and out because I was helping Sherman teach the kids' class. So I'd be like... I'd go watch like a minute or two, and then I'd see some chaos on the mats, and I'd be like, oh, shit, I have to come back here. And yeah, there
2: was, watch a, little that bit was of, a lot of kids today. A lot of kids
0: today. Yeah. A lot of kids today. Of kids today. We're, we're maxed out on the kids, especially on the weekends. So... uh but I, I did see little of it. Uh, Cheeto won the second round, I thought. Aldo won the first one, which was good. I mean, Vera Vera's legit. Yeah. He's legit. I mean, he's, he's way underranked. I think he's way underranked. He's had a crazy uh, streak of fights. And, I mean, he took a round from Aldo, who's still, like, what, 31? Aldo was still 31. That guy's been fighting for so long. He looks like he's 100. <laughs> like, he looks rough compared to, like, when he was young. The guy's had some wear and tear on his body, but he still looks good. Yeah, he still looks good. But he, he even showed, against he even his, against Piotr Jan, he looked good at points, right? Yeah. Like it was competitive until the end.
1: He showed his intelligence in round three that he just was like, "Right, I'll take him down." And then once he was on his back, it was just obvious. Vera just did not know how to get him off once that body triangle was sank in. There was just mm-hmm. nothing he could do about it, and so. Yeah, you know, then he easily won round three because he was just controlled the entire round.
0: Well, it's good to see Aldo using his grappling a little bit. Yeah, I mean, because that—I mean—that's my number one pet peeve with MMA fighters is being completely one-dimensional. Like, you can be 95 percent one-dimensional, but occasionally you gotta sprinkle some shit in there, right? Even if it's like back takes, the occasional takedown, even if you're using it just as a feint, because uh, Aldo has just pretty much only been boxing for the last five years. He started to throw kicks again a little bit with Jan. He got, got Jan to change his stance, which was a good move, but who the hell knew Piotr Jan could fight as good from southpaw as he can from orthodox? I mean, a lot of times that's the move, right? Because you kick them in the leg, get them to change their stance, and then they're weaker in the off stance. So then it opens things up. And uh, Aldo was landing beautiful leg kicks for the first time in years since in his fights. So he used to be known for it. And uh, so it's good to see him do that. And then now he's, he's trying to take the back. He's trying to go for some submissions. I think he's realizing that, like, hey, that fast-twitch, boxing-only approach. Like, he's 31. He's getting up there. That's getting older for a bantamweight. And he's had a lot of years, a lot of damage. Um, so it's good to see him trying to mix it up. Cheeto Vera looked good. Aldo's still a dog. He's still in there. Um, I don't think he'll be the champion again, but I think he he's will. He's going
1: to give anyone who wants to challenge for the belt, he's going to give them a tough time to get yeah. there, For sure. And I
0: think he'll at least... He seems to me like he's a little bit entering like the Frankie era or Frankie Edgar type position where I don't want to say gatekeeper because you're not a gatekeeper. He's still five in the world or whatever. But like you beat him to get the title shot. Yeah. Because, but he's probably not going to string enough together to win. But then he might win one or two and then he'll get like a number one contender fight against some stud and then he may lose that one and then be that. It seems like he's going to be that type of uh, fighter from this point. But he's still fucking twitchy as hell he's still super explosive it's ridiculous yeah it's ridiculous how explosive he is but those people tend to not age well you know if you're the if you're the technical if you're like a mayweather or you're like a diaz brother because they're they're pot shotting you over and over and over again they're not relying on that that fast twitch right that stuff goes that's the first thing to go your strength will last your cardio will last your technique will last your fast twitch will go first so the, p- the fighters that tend to rely on that have shorter careers um, so I think he's just going to be a top tier contender from this point on but he still looks amazing considering alright I don't know top of card did you see any of these highlights Charmaine? you were teaching as well yeah
2: right I was, right
1: was teaching <laughs> like I saw
2: none of this yeah. <laughs> so sorry right.
1: and then top of card. card uh, Wonderboy Jeff now is it weird having the nickname Wonderboy when you're 38? Wonderman Man. Uh, Wonder Man.
3: <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you get it. what happens, though, when you get a nickname when you're, like, 15, and <laughs> so then you're, all of a sudden sorry. you're 50, and you're like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> to Do you be honest, still he, go by
1: it? He still does look about 18, though, so it's fine.
0: Yeah, that's that, that's fair. I mean, you get, a, you get a, a few of those. You get, you know, this, like, uh, Pretty Boy Floyd. You get a lot. Of, eventually, that shit will, you know, run its course. You got to change your name again.
2: Floyd's name is uh, Money, isn't it? No. <laughs> it,
0: it used to be Pretty Boy. Oh, really? Yeah. Pretty Boy Floyd Mayweather. I didn't know that yeah when he was younger his style was totally different fought totally different and then uh, changed his style got older changed his name to Money and he started making it too yeah All right, so Wonderboy and uh, Jeff Neal pretty much exactly what I thought was going to happen Wonderboy picked him apart too unpredictable too difficult to read too many skill sets he's throwing hook kicks he's throwing side kicks he's throwing punches he's like splitting in and out of the gap typical Wonderboy style Uh, front kicks, round kicks, hook kicks, wheel kicks, side kicks, punches galore, like He just throws so much shit at you That it's really tough to actually get a read on anything and Jeff Neal's very classic Muay Thai. Yeah Technical well-trained very classic But the problem is is first of all Wonderboy's been a top-level kickboxer since before Jeff Neal probably started training So it's gonna be tough to make up that gap all things considered Jeff Neal fought pretty well but Wonderboy's seen hundred Jeff Niels easily. Yeah. I mean, his record is 58 no in kickboxing. 58 no yeah. in kickboxing, and it's like what, 16 and two in MMA or whatever or something like that. I don't know. What's his record, Wonderboy? Yeah, he Boys. lost to is it Woodley,
1: there? Till, Woodley. No, he lost the Woodley ones. Lost to Till. He's he's He lost to point. Matt Brown. Yeah,
0: so he's not. He lost a couple. Yeah, he lost a couple. But I mean, his record is probably like 70 and four or yeah. 70 and three or something like that. Right, so thing is, when you train with a, a a classic, when you train that classic style and you don't have anything else, like people tend to read it. Right, It gets. And Wonder Boy's seen a million of those guys. When you, all you do is kickbox with him. Trust me, he's seen all of that. Fifty-eight, no kickboxing. Of Guys who only kickbox, they're not doing jiu-jitsu, they're not doing all this other stuff. So I thought it was uh, a tough, tough fight for Neil. Anyway, pretty much went exactly as I thought it would. Wonder Boy just confused him, held better control of the range. Mixed it up more. Was way more willing to just bang than he probably should have been, though. Like, we yeah. were talking about at the end of that, f- that fifth round.
1: The, the crazy bit was at the end of the fifth with, like, 30 seconds on the clock. Clearly five rounds up as well. And he's like, I'll just stand in the middle and trade then. And you're like, mate, you, you really don't need to do that. Like, you've won this fight. And Jeff Neal's got one-punch knockout power. And whether Wonderboy just thought, look, I've got his number. He can't clip me, so I may as well go for it. But why take the risk? Because yeah, it was a
0: weird move. And I, I told you earlier when we talked about that, I thought it was because uh, Wonderboy wanted the finish. You know, Wonderboy's ranked fifth. Neil's ranked, what, 11th or something, tw- 10th, whatever it was. Yeah. Fringe top 10 versus top five. And, uh, you know, if you're Wonderboy, you want to get a finish. Because everyone knew he was better, and he proved he was better. The question is just how much better. Enough to put him away? Enough to make it look impressive? Or is it going to be like the kind of pick him apart five-round type thing that you, we do often see from Wonderboy? Boy which is no discredit to him, because he's one of the most technical. He's like a, he's like a modern sort of Lyoto Machida. You know, yeah. he fights like, with that same kind of style, which is super interesting to watch, because I love seeing fighters who are unorthodox, who brings different skills to the game. He sidekicks all the time. Like, I'm always afraid to sidekick, because it like, exposes my back. And he'll do wheel, he did a hook kick, like the one, you know the one we do, uh, when we do the shin kick, the heel kick? Mm-hmm. He would do that one, because he fights from the sideways stance. So he'll like scoot up and then hook across with his heel. And I'm always like, okay, even if he hit him with that, how much would that really hurt?
2: Oh, a lot, probably.
0: No, a wheel kick will hurt with the full spin. That'll knock you out.
2: But that will hit with the heel.
0: It will hurt, but I don't know if it will hurt more it's than like a punch. It's like
2: a hammer. Pop.
0: But you can't really get as much torque come backward from that, right? You like, could, probably. Yeah, you probably can. Way more than me, for sure, but never seen a hook kick knockout ever
2: we saw a video of him wheel kick
0: yes and
2: con- conditioning his legs or something and he took like a bamboo stick or something like that and he's like just constantly hitting his shin yeah and then you're like that kind of trick <laughs> this doesn't work you're like stop doing that no i'm not saying it doesn't work
0: <laughs> it definitely can work it's just a weird move like i don't know how much you're gonna gain from that no i wouldn't go for himself so.
1: but bizarrely it says here he's 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 ranked eighth which i thought he was five or Who, higher oh uh, wonderful no thompson uh, yeah, Wonderboy. What? Like. He's ranked E. Oh, is it? R- Woodley's uh, ranked fifth. Is that the, the UFC's rankings art. or is
0: that another website's rankings? It's another website. I can find oh, the, UFC's the UFC, so UFC official, official rankings. It's uh-huh. not legit. I think he's ranked <laughs> fifth <from> in <laughs> It's just some rankings.
2: bullshit ranking.
0: I mean, who are you going to put ahead of him? He beat Masvidal, who's probably, th- I think, third. But
1: that's... That's who he said he wants to fight next as well. At the end, he was like, Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh
0: they, uh, need, they need to give mas nah, Masvidal should fight Colby and then he should fight Usman with a k- training camp.
1: Oh, no, sorry, he is fifth. He's, yeah. he's but the UFC's official rankings are different. Yeah. Can you pull him up?
0: Yeah. The rankings? let's Take a look there. Oh, wait.
2: Khabib is still there. Yeah, Khabib's chained. Get rid of him. Isn't okay, so
0: we got. Uh, he's not sure yet. Okay, so we got Colby, Gilbert. Leon Edwards, Masvidal, Stephen Thompson. Yeah, I mean that that sounds about right. Yeah. I mean, I think Wonder Boy could beat most of them. I don't think he'll beat Usman. I think he could beat everyone else. Cool. But uh, Usman will pin him up against the fence. Well, he'll Masvidal him, right? He'll do what he did against Masvidal against
1: yeah. him. We, we've seen him fight Usman in the sense that we saw him fight Woodley, and how boring that was for what ten rounds. Uh, yeah. No one wants that again.
0: I do think that uh, that uh, Usman's a much better champion than Woodley. Woodley's the most boring champion ever, in my opinion. No disrespect to Woodley, because he'd fuck me up. I'm not trying to say he's not skilled, but God. Like, am I wrong here? I, is anyone else no. like, you know who I love, yeah. Woodley?
1: <coughs> no, no one. Have you ever? Yeah, I mean, I'm not shitting on
0: Seriously, I'm not shitting, because he's fucking amazing, amazingly skilled, right? But I've never met a single person who's like, Tyron Woodley is my favorite fighter. Yeah. And if you said that, I would have some serious questions for you. I'd be like, <laughs> justify this, please.
1: But the, the last exciting fight Woodley had was when he beat Lawler for the belt.
0: Back then, yeah, he looked legit. way back then, yeah. and then he was
1: like, "Well, I've got this belt; it's mine. No one can have it. I'm just gonna fight in the most boring style known to man and keep the belt." So, you know, fair play to him for doing it. And,
0: and but- also, did you ever see like the the Joe Rogan podcast that they did with him? Did you watch that one, the Woodley Rogan podcast? Yeah, he was like, he just and that was when he was champ, and he just always is like talking like everybody's out to get him. He's like, "Oh, the UFC doesn't give me – they don't respect." Me. It's like he's just whining all the time. Like, and I'm just like, dude, and then he like started doing really shitty rap <laughs> but then before what's he- that song that you <laughs> Do remember you remember <laughs> of him
2: oh dude i watch uh, it like I I on my free play, time just love i wish we could just... play
0: the audio so bad
2: oh, i don't know he just like, like what's what's the words it's that he so says monotonous. i
0: can't but he sucks right he just sucks <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and the name of the song is like i'm gonna beat yo ass or something like i don't know it's, it's something like that and it's like <sighs> uh, All right, dude, we, you know, music has subtext, right? I mean, it's got, like, I'ma beat your ass. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're
1: not. Uh,
0: Anyway, Col- Colby, so...
1: Colby Covington said, no, no, you're not.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, you know, here's the reality. This is what makes fighting interesting, right? Because so much of it is about uh, time, like when you fight someone. Because if Leon Edwards or Masvidal or pretty much anybody in the top five had gotten the Woodley fight before Usman... I think all of them would have beat him yeah yeah so then it's literally just like kind of who gets the shot because leon edwards was supposed to get uh woodley right after he lost to usman which would have bumped him up if he had won which i think he would have pretty easily would have bumped him up right to number one contender and then he would have fought for the title and instead the COVID shit happened and then they give him uh they give he's
1: fighting um, oh sorry woodley Mm. i thought i thought you talked about edwards because edwards is fighting kishab Am I saying that yeah. right? No, i may have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he was, But okay. he was
0: supposed to get Woodley in January, I think, or February, or something like that. Maybe it was April or March. Right when the, the UK went on a big lockdown. Yeah. And the fight, had been, it was supposed to happen in the UK. And at that point, uh, Woodley was the number one contender because he had just lost to, to Usman. So if Leon Edwards had gotten that fight, he would have come. And instead, Gilbert Burns came in, mm. right? And Gilbert beat him. And then he jumped way up. He was like, I think he was like just barely in the top 10. Leon Edwards has been doing work for fucking years, right? He's, what is he, 9-0? Yeah. Or 9 of his last, he lost to Usman, but 9 of his last, or 8 of his last 9 fights. What is something like that? A ridiculous winning streak. The best in the division, outside of Usman. And uh, so I thought that would be good. But it's just weird how it's all about timing, about when you get fights.
1: Which goes back to, yeah, what we talked talking about in the beginning, and the Tony Ferguson and timing, and he just... The timing is just a bitch yeah.
0: there, right? I mean, that's... I mean, look at even boxing, right? That's the worst. Boxing is the worst when it comes to timing. You miss out on the Pacquiao Mayweather fight when they were at their prime. When you had Fury and Joshua and Wilder all undefeated and they weren't fighting each other. Like, just. There's the worst thing that ever in a martial arts or a combat sport is not getting the fights you want to see. Yeah. That is like the only sin. Everything else can be forgiven. You can kill people. You can. Didn't, jail time. Jail time. I mean, everything is pretty much forgiven. The only thing that's unforgivable is not putting on the fights, right? We never saw Fedor Lesnar. That was a big one, right? Didn't get to see that. And when you miss fights like this, you genuinely admit they're gone. So that's the thing about the Tony Ferguson fight that bums me out is that that shit's gone forever. But, hey, it's the nature of the beast. So...
1: In a way, this segues us into our end-of-year segment. Yes, and start with the most disappointing thing of the year. So I, I already said what I was thinking initially was um, that it was you know what's happened to Tony Ferguson and you know the fact that he's not he, he, he looks like he's missed his opportunity now and he's not going to get that. I was thinking that was the most disappointing thing of the year, and
0: then boxing and, <laughs> and boxing happened. <laughs> yeah, and. Um, yeah, boxing happened. Everything's still stupid. We have. Is uh, it like Jake
2: Paul and uh, Floyd Mayweather or something like that? Are fighting?
0: Well, oh God, just boxing. Why?
2: I such mean, a it's just like making boxing more popular, right? It's I like mean, the boy. thing
0: the thing about boxing is is you're always so disappointed anyway that it's <laughs> that it's just like par par for the course. You're just uh, always disappointed. Not with and
2: Fury and. Uh,
0: yeah, but wilder. now. But now, if we want a unified champ, this is, oh God. <laughs> I don't want to go down this rabbit hole for too long, but I will. So Anthony Joshua has a mandatory minimum. I think it's for the IBF title where he's supposed to fight Alexander Yusick. And if, so a couple of things could happen. One, if I think it's the IBF or IBA I don't know, one of those fucking alphabet bodies, right? WBA, something like that. And uh, so he has a mandatory fight for one of the belts already. And if Joshua takes that fight, then he won't be able to fight Fury next, or if he doesn't take that fight, then the belt might not be on the line. So it will, we won't have an undisputed champion. It's just like, oh god. I mean, so, and so meanwhile, we we still have fucking Anthony Joshua, who just fought um, uh, oh, what's his name? Oh, some god. tin can. No, no offense to the guy. But. No, he's not a can. He's just, but he's not who he's not. He's not. He won a fight. Uh, what's his name? Can you pull it up? Yep, S- slipping it. I keep wanting to say Povetkin, but it's not that. It's some Russian. Ukraine, I think he's Ukrainian. Just type in Anthony Joshua fight and it'll, it'll pop up. Pulov? I think it was Pulov. Yeah, Pulov. Yeah, Pulov. And, uh, you know, it was, he's good. Like, he's a top 10 heavyweight, but... But he, he's <sighs> not Tyson Fury. And when <laughs> he's not is the, Wilder. When is the best fight in the history of British martial arts gonna happen? What are we doing? You got Anthony Joshua, who's the sexiest man alive, jacked, looks like a fucking Hercules, super well-spoken, nice guy, like really friendly, everyone loves him, was the, is the unified champion. He had that fuck up with Reese, whatever, you know what I mean, it happens. And you got Tyson Fury who's brash and hilarious and so such a good talker and, you know, he says hilariously fucked up shit. Had the whole depression thing that he came out of, what an amazing story. Both British, what are we doing? What are we doing?
1: So, so this goes to my point, so most disappointment of the year. So what, what are the fights we want right now? Right, we want Fury, joshua billy joe saunders as well this is going to be very english focused because of me he's on an absolute chair tear so he should be getting a super fight now like he should be fighting triple g well, callum smith like is that. fighting
0: is fighting that's good that's another by the way british boxers are fucking killing it yeah. they're killing it
1: a lot of money got spent on that olympic program a few yeah. years ago yeah. and it's yeah. certainly paid off
0: i mean i'll tell you what right now british boxing is getting to probably the best it's ever been the two best heavyweights in the world. Callum Smith, the best 168 pounder. I mean, he's fighting Canelo soon. That, that's a tough, tough battle. If he wins that fight,
3: we're
0: out for the races, man. If you have, if Callum Smith beats Canelo, and no matter who wins between Fury and, and Wilder, you're gonna have two of the top 10 pound for pound fighters both being British. Isn't that crazy?
1: Yeah, it's insane.
0: I mean, that would be fucking amazing for British boxing.
1: But, so these are all the fights we wanna see. These are all the things we want from boxing. And what's boxing giving us instead? Floyd Mayweather, Logan Paul. You're like, for fuck's
0: sake. Yep, yep.
2: Oh, it's Logan Paul.
0: <laughs> Logan Paul, Jake, whatever. Same, yeah. same. The only Pauls that I want to see fight are Jake and Logan. I want to see them fight. I'll pay the shift. I'll pay money for that. And they've already talked about it, doing it. Like uh, Logan Paul did Brandon Job's food truck thing, and he's like, yeah, I think I can fuck my brother up. Two, in two years, they're, they're going to build it, right? But it's going to start to happen. I'll watch that fight, man, I, I want to see that. I want to say, I think Jake will win. I think the younger brother will win. Really? Yeah, I think so. I think he's more technical. But uh, anyway, my most di- biggest disappointment of, of 2020, beyond the COVID shit, like for, as far as MMA goes, <sighs> Tiffany Hurt, you know? <laughs> Tiffany Hurt, uh, Tony Ferguson Hurt, Khabib retiring Hurt. You know, he retired on top, so it's kind of hard to call that a disappointment. But in relation to the Ferguson fight falling out and all that stuff, that's a disappointment. I don't know. What other stuff in martial arts is disappointing this year? Did anything just straight up make you, like, BJ Penn losing against Ad? Was there anything else, like, on, on that level where you're just like, oh, God. Was Honestly, a- for me, I was thinking about Chuck O'Dell was last year, right? I don't know. The week- years I've, I've lost
1: all track of these things. Honestly, for me, I was thinking about it, and it is just the fucking state of boxing. I was like, nah, this
3: is ridiculous now. Nah, this is a joke.
0: Yeah, oh, it's definitely – that's just – boxing though i mean it's just constantly a disappointment anybody who's who says otherwise is a fool that's like the most politically corrupt sport in the world which is saying a lot (laughs) (laughs) yeah considering there's football and fifa and everything else um so all right what what do you what else you have for the tops there jake there was a couple you gave me some top Uh, ten end of of the year list fighter of the
1: year i think who, who wants to go first? Who wants to throw Charmaine. I know what hers going to be.
0: I know what her fight of the year is going to be.
2: It's this Jean Lee and Joanna. Yeah. It's the fight of the year for me.
0: Yeah, that fight was fucking amazing. Yeah. For me, I think there's probably three or four you could put in there. Jean Willy and Joanna. That's definitely one of them. Uh, telling you that Marvin Vittori, Jack yeah, manson yeah, that fight. Cool. That was good. Um, the Moreno figueredo fight was really really good.
1: Oh, were there any other... Ray, um, Reyes Jones. That was this year. Mm. I, I had to look into it. That was he, this year? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Interesting. He's the closest Jones has come to losing in a long time. I actually thought Reyes won. So. But I
0: didn't think... But no one was hurt. No one was, like, bad hurt. You know what I mean? It was it was competitive, but it wasn't, like, dramatic. And with the back and the fourth and... I mean, those other fights were dramatic. Like the sh- the shift changes and the tempo changes of the fight, and then getting rocked and getting back up. Ye- I probably got to go with Ioana and Whaley also. That fight was dope. Best female fight of all time. So if there's for the one woman listening to this with podcast, the power. <laughs> go and watch that fight. It's amazing. W. <laughs> See, this,
2: <laughs> is,
1: this is why I'm sulking because that was one the only big fight I didn't watch this oh, year. Oh, you didn't see oh. it. No, Did man. you
0: see it afterward? Uh,
1: no, I'm not. Bro, go I, watch that. I watched shit. the highlights, but go watch else. that shit. Yeah, it's, amazing.
0: Watch it. it's amazing. It's uh, amazing. So yeah, I think that's that's fight of the year. You know, really, really good stuff. Amazing fight. A lot of good fights this year. By the way, the last four or five fight cards have all been amazing. And and that's just UFC. One has put on some amazing fights, especially the kickboxing especially the kickboxing, some of the kickboxing fights have been amazing. There haven't been a lot wow. of like back and forth, close split decision type wars, but...
2: Was it La Siri and Haggerty? That
0: was like a year ago or two years oh, ago. Oh really? Yeah, that was a while ago.
2: It was like this year.
0: <laughs> but no so I
2: love time anymore. So
0: I did this, this year
1: has been so messed up because of COVID that yeah. I couldn't remember what had happened this year and stuff like that. It was like uh,
2: fight of the year,
1: uh, DC DC, um, Stipe. But then I've got it mixed up in my head somehow, and I was thinking of last year's DC sleep fight. But that
0: was this year, though. Yeah, but then
1: they fought again this year. That was a good was fight
2: confused. too. That yeah. was a
0: good fight. That was a close fight.
2: But the body shots did. That was the first the fight, though. Oh,
0: that but was the, that first fight? the first fight. No, last that year. Was no, no. That was the second. Oh, they fought three times, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Right. <laughs> See, <The second laughs> this is time. what I mean. This year's so been so confused. I can't remember what's what. we
0: going into quarantine in like February to like two months of not doing shit, and then this end of the year burner we've been on like. I'm in a time warp. I have no idea what the fuck's going on in my life. I'm just like Charmaine, tell me what to do today. I just need to <laughs> you know yeah, tell checked him. Out. he
2: doesn't listen. Uh,
0: but I also want to throw a few more end of the year uh, shout outs there. Uh, obviously Tiffany Till, Singaporean Fighter of the Year. See if it was there's doing, no, there's no yeah, question there.
1: Card of the year as well. Fuck me, that card that she was on that we all stayed on. What's that? That was, was a banger. Amazing.
0: That was the best one card of all time, probably. Yeah. That was the best one card of all time. Amazing. Amazing card. Yeah, good call. Yeah. Good call. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, you know, uh, Amir Khan, he deserves some, some props. He had a couple good fights this year. Um, who else? Local. You know, I would love to do this also for like, uh, and I will next year, but this year there haven't been any BJJ competitions or anything like that. But I'd also like to give the local martial artists yeah. credit too, like Singaporean Jiu-Jitsu Athlete of the Year, um, all that kind of stuff. We'll do it next year once there's some tournaments, mm. right, once we have some competitions and stuff like that. Uh, oh, also, maybe people know this. Uh, my old coach, Italo, he just won the Master Worlds. He won like two days ago or something like that, so he, the, the Masters won, which the Masters won is fucking tough. It's hard to call it, I get a little sketch about world champion when you're dealing with Masters, because the world champion is the best regardless of age. And once you start being like, oh, but this is the 30 to 35 year old, it's like, okay. When Cabrinha won uh, IBJJF Worlds at like 38, he still competed in the lower division. It wasn't Masters. Yeah. So you can still compete with the lower divisions, even if you're older. You get to choose. And this is no disrespect, because the Masters Worlds are fucking competitive, and I'm not saying that they're not. But I get a little weird about calling yourself the world champion when you're going up in a division that has like a five year age limit and you get to choose if you want to do that and but all the real it- studs are, a div- are in the regular open, right? Like the regular age group. But when you call
2: it Masters, I think like 50 year olds or something. But it's 29. Yeah, It's like, it's like Why you call them Masters? It's not like, they're not old <laughs> yet. I mean,
0: I don't, yeah, I don't understand why the Masters one isn't like 35. Like, you're still in pretty close to your physical physical peak at 35. You're going into, like, an older <laughs> division at 29?
2: Yeah, it's like,
0: really? <laughs> I mean, by the way, and no disrespect, I can't stress this enough to anyone who's ever won the Masters World because they're better than me, right? The, listen, previous world champions multiple times compete in those, those Masters Worlds. So I am not saying that they are not competitive as fuck, but they are not competitive as the regular division, the baseline division. And, um, but... This is off on a tangent. Point is, congrats, Itzalo. That's fucking amazing. Yes. Uh, biggest tournament he's ever won. It is an extremely difficult tournament. The guy's teaching and has a kid and all that stuff. So, congrats yeah. to you, Itzalo, and to any of those old those old uh, GF team guys that are maybe listening to the podcast that train with me and him. And uh, so, awesome to see him win. Anyway, I digress. What were we talking about before that? Uh, oh, they had, they had the end of the year. Type yeah, stuff. end of the year. So, knockout so, knock of the year. That's easy. Buckley. Buckley's jump spinning back kick to the face. That has to be the knockout of the year.
2: Was the elbow this year?
0: No, that was a couple of the back. Yeah, the no, Korean That was like a one. year ago or two years ago, something I like that. I keep
2: thinking that was this year.
0: I know, dude, the time. Like, the yeah, time. that's
1: the knockout for so, me. Uh, the only other one i would find there is is the Cody Garbrandt one. The, the one from yeah. down low. The, uh, the, oh, I'll take the
0: Kevin Holland one any day. That Kevin Holland knockout was amazing. So if I had to pick top three, it would be Kevin Holland. It would be uh, the jump spinning back kick by Buckley. And then, um, I mean, there's been a lot of really good ones in one, too, man. A lot of nasty liver shots, a lot of that. Na- but if we're talking like UFC specifically, there was one other really amazing knockout this year. Remember, there was like one other. Was there,
2: wasn't there a choke, a guillotine choke where the guy got picked? Uh- well,
0: there was a slam. Remember the slam? Did you see that guy jumped the closed guard and then he just went boom like two weeks ago? Matt Wyman. Yeah, we t- we spoke about. That one. Yeah, we talked about that one. He he like jumped guard and the guy just like framed off, mm. so his head was going down and then slammed right. Ooh, Apparently he got knocked out bad for whoa. like minutes.
2: Shit.
0: So those three are both a slam, a punch from the guard, and a jump spinning back kick. What a fucking incredible year for. Rose was also arts.
2: spiked on her hit, right, this That year? was
0: last year. <sighs> <sighs> God. What trying.
2: is happening Keep to trying. me?
0: <laughs> trying. To be fair, you've watched a lot of fights, and they do blend together. Like, I mean, no. that was probably like 16 months ago, not 12. I mean, you know, it's there pretty
1: close. W- uh, there was the amazing 1-1, one one. only a couple of weeks back. The spinning um, back kick, I think it was. I'm trying to find it now. There was absolutely... The one I sent you. Yeah, the one, the ones. Yeah, from one. Yeah, yeah. yeah from one, yeah, yeah. one FC. That was an amazing knockout. Oh I'm yeah. Just
0: trying to find that. Yeah, there's a few of them. I think I sent you the link. You can probably pull it up there. But the, listen, this year for knockouts has been absolutely amazing. If you watch one and you watch the, uh, watch some of the the Muay Thai and the kickboxing, it is brutal. It is brutal. And there was a wheel kick at one too. I mean, there's been Corey Sandhagen. How crazy is this? Corey Sandhagen knocked out Marlon Morris with a fucking wheel kick. He doesn't even make the top five. <laughs> like Marais is like number three in the world and he got knocked out with a wheel kick and we're like yeah but there's been so many other good ones (laughs) it's it's not not special anymore so uh, I mean really amazing knockouts oh I also wanted to uh, add another category the the one championship fighter of the year and uh, I think it has to go between maybe two people you can make it three if you include the MMA for uh, Muay Thai and kickboxing it's got to be Rotang Rotang and Nong-O, oh, who just fought over the weekend, Nong-O oh just fought Rodlek, who's a really, really great Muay Thai fighter. This was like two days ago, so I wanted to shout this card out. And you know, uh, Rodlek just knocked out Khabum, who was like the, the former Muay Thai fighter of the year in Thailand. You know, they had the king gives them like, or they go on TV and like the fighter of the year in Thailand is legit. That's like the pound for pound. And uh, he knocked out the guy with one punch who just won it like two years ago, young guy like in his twenties. Rodlek's thirty, which is like dinosaur from Muay Thai. So I was really cheering for him, but Nong-O, oh, who's a, like four-time Lumpini, I think a three-time Lumpini, Rajadamnern champion, two-time Fighter of the Year, they had an amazing fight, and he knocked him out with a crisp right hand. nong O's is definitely one of the best fighters of the year. Uh, Road Tang is my favorite personally because he goes so hard to the body and he's just disgustingly powerful. Uh, another Fighter of the Year, and then MMA for one, no one. Y'all are not going to like this, but probably Christian Lee. <laughs> Some of these Singaporeans may not be liking this. But hear me out. One, a lot of the big one, champion, one champions lost this year. Yep. Um, Angla just lost. Uh, Brandon Vera lost to Angla. The welterweight champion just lost. Um, can't remember his name. Just just got replaced by DeRitter. DeRitter just beat Ang La. Ah, uh,
2: wow, I should have
0: sponsored that Chris, I know, sponsored. right? We, we tried to get on the podcast, but I was like, oh, I don't know if he'll win. <laughs> well, he, he taught me a lesson. <laughs> Respect. Uh, and then, and also, uh, Martin win. he lost too. Yep. So, Bibiano could be. DJ only had two. Did he fight this year?
1: Um. Not that recording. Was it this year? I can't remember when he no. fought Wada. He
0: won that tournament. I can't remember whether it was the end of last year or this year or whatever. Christian Lee fought twice this year? He fought on that card. Yeah, he fought on the card. He got he nearly won. dropped, and then yeah. he came back and he won. Uh, I mean, he's one of the only still like properly incumbent champions, you know what I mean, who's fought and defended the title and is still the champion from last year to this year. So, um, But you're definitely the more active guys, like the, the ties, I'll, I'll give them the, the spot. But Christian Lee deserves a, a nod there and all right what else There was a submission of the year submission of the year uh i was trying to think about it earlier did, did you see Mackenzie dern's bar? yeah that was yeah. a thing of beauty that was I'd, pretty I'd sick give that. that was pretty sick uh chase hooper's heel hook you see yes. that last yeah, yeah, week? yeah, yeah. Saw it. i mean that was solid. he was losing that fight yep you know so that was a kind of a come behind come from behind heel hook of course you can throw khabib in there that triangle that's probably my submission of the year if i had to pick because the stakes were so high it was a big fight and to hit a mounted triangle is just ridiculous it's yeah. just ridiculous. So uh Khabib's mouth to triangle over Justin Gaethje gets my submission of the year. Um, um yeah.
1: I think uh I, oh, Mackenzie doing knee bar was just the fact that she was going for it quite a bit and feet and uh, it was pain, it looked painful too, yeah, right? It it's not it as big bad. as stakes, but it was just a, a thing of beauty that she was Yeah, just attacking the legs like that. And crazy. you gotta love you a good
0: know? leg lock in MMA, even though they're they're super sketchy. Like you gotta yeah. love a, a good leg lock in MMA.
1: Okay. Uh, oh I
0: tell ta- what, is there any what did you put on the list so, for you, so the know? only
1: other thing i thought was like i think dana white this year deserves a massive shout out because thank god for him going fuck covid we're gonna fight we're gonna put fights on like you remember in the middle of lockdown mm. when we were all miserable yeah. bored and we used to just get watching watch tiger out. king all, yeah. all there was was tiger king <laughs> dude that show was awesome Back though Joe <laughs> was
0: like trending you know <laughs>
1: Yeah, but outside of Tiger King, then uh, the only other thing we got was, like, thank God Dana White was like, nah, no, fuck it, I'm just going to build an island and have fights on there, some, like some sort of Mad King. Yeah. So he deserves a shout out.
0: Like, yeah. I, think, I think the UFC has done the best of all the global sports c- considering COVID. And the reality is they had to, because in order for them to get their money from ESPN, they had to put on a certain amount of shows. So they were kind of forced to, because ESPN is supposed to pay them, like, billions of dollars. I mean, some insane number, right? I don't know, a billion, hundreds of millions, whatever the number is. And, uh, but they only got it if they actually put on a certain amount of shows. And so once they were closed for two months, they're like, okay, hold on. <laughs> At this pace, we're not going to get that, what, hundreds of millions of dollars from ESPN. So they found a way to make it happen, but it all worked out pretty well. You know, like you still get cancellations and fights following through. Leon Edwards, as, as mentioned before. Yeah. But ultimately, they did it really well. It's been pretty safe. No one's died. You know, uh, all things considered. And they're bringing in fighters from everywhere. It's not like the NBA, right? Or the NFL, where you're dealing with, like, everybody's local to America. You're dealing with states within states. But in the UFC, they're bringing them from Russia. They're bringing them from the Middle East. They're bringing them from South America and North America and Africa and globally. So the risk is high you're going to have some bullshit. And uh, luckily, it hasn't been too much. A couple of fights pulled out, kind of a bummer, but they, you know, they reschedule them in a month or two or whatever, and, and everything will be fine. But uh, I'm glad for this year to be over. What about you, Charmaine? Are you just done with 2020? Mm,
2: no. Yeah, me too. I'm happy. What,
0: was it... If you had to pick, would it be better or worse than it should have been? Like, you know what I mean? What do you mean? Like, because uh, <laughs> 2020 sucked really bad for a lot of people. And there were certain aspects of 2020 that actually worked out way better for me than it should have. But then there was still some, like, really awful shit. Like, So then I'm like, considering everything... Is it exceeded my expectations, considering how shit it could have been, or is it as shit as I think it is, (laughs) you know?
2: I mean, our business is doing great, so... That's good. I'm happy about that. That's
0: (laughs) what I mean by... This COVID
2: thing hasn't really affected me too much, other than the fact that I can't leave the house or leave the country.
0: Yeah, we didn't mind that too much, right? We didn't mind the whole... I like to stay
2: at home anyways,
0: so... We we didn't mind the whole quarantine thing. Like, for us, some people just can't, right? For us, that was fine.
3: Mm.
1: I think... Uh, that's because you've not got two kids.
3: <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. Fair. You
1: just sat home every day going, Fair. oh, no, what are yeah. we going to do with our time now? We've got another 24 yes. hours to fill. Yes, yeah. we,
0: we were just hanging out pretty much alone. So that would definitely be better. <laughs> that, yeah, 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 yeah. That would 100%. You're like, just go to school. Oh, wait. Oh, no. <laughs> not not doing that. Well, I think, I think it's been a mixed bag, you know, like anything. Uh,
1: I mean, it, I think... You know, talking talk about someone else who's doing well I know the Singapore Singaporean government get a lot of flags sometimes but you compare I mean my yeah. god we're, we're living luxury right now England's just been locked down again yeah. mm. Sydney's been locked down again when Europe, Biden gets
0: in US is going to get it again because they're talking to uh, what's the prime the PM of, of, of New Zealand I can't think of her name Oh, Jacinda Arden yeah Arden they're, they're talking to her and they uh, you know they're trying to figure out because the US is still spiking hundreds of thousands of cases a day or tens of whatever it is it's my numbers are totally <laughs> off. There's a reason why this is my career. You know what I mean? I get punched in the head a lot. And, uh, but, they're, they're, you know, Biden's definitely going to make it tighter than Trump did because Trump doesn't give a fuck. They all got COVID. I mean, literally the whole fucking cabinet got COVID. So, I mean, it's ridiculous. So, obviously, Biden's going to make everything stricter. They may go back into lockdown. So, I am thankful for Singapore. I'm thankful for uh, the fact that we can train. I'm thankful for the government being able to actually support us and keep the gym open because – and I'm glad that we have multiple d- different types of martial arts here because those pure BJJ gyms, yeah. those are the ones that really struggled because we couldn't roll for months. So now that we're actually through it, mostly to the other side, phase three is coming in December, in the end of December. And then, uh, you know, I think the vaccine's coming by third quarter next year, we might be moving again, but I'm so happy to be rolling and I'm so happy to be training again. I can't wait for a jiu tournament. That shit is gonna be lit. I don't know how they're going to be. How like are they going to limit it? To, they'll have to, I guess, if they do it anytime soon, limit the numbers of people that actually can compete, and maybe not spectators and stuff. But the first jujitsu tournament that actually can come back, whoo, It's going to be fun. People are salivating at the idea of competing again, right? Like all these BJJ people who've been waiting and waiting and waiting. I know. I know. Alvin put up a post the other day and was asking about it. Like, can he run another
1: tournament? So, fingers crossed, he gets the green light. And then, yeah,
0: yeah, I'm sure they're on talking it. on. I mean, one's doing it. Right. I mean, yeah. like they can do it, but it's a little different with BJJ. Cause I mean, they limit five per, per, uh, g- people per group to roll with. But if you do a competition, you're going to have, you know, who knows how many matches you have. It depends on how big your division is, but you good chance. I mean, you have to like, you have to drill with some people, right? Like you have to warm up with your, your people that you train with, but then can you go, yeah, compete with the other people. You know what? Because then they're be? rolling with other people, and then it defeats the purpose of the whole.
1: I'll, no, Alvin, I've got it. Put on a quintet. That'd be perfect. You're allowed eight people, four from each academy. Boom, away we go. A that's quintet, probably, that's that's a probably the
0: only way you could do it, actually. You might have your genius might have shown there, Jake. <laughs> that might be the only way you can get yeah. away with it.
1: I just did basic math and figured out four plus four is eight. So let's <laughs> a quintet is the move. Let's let's make it happen
0: somehow. Yeah, that, that might be actually the only way that you can do it. But then you'd have to do, like, they, they've done some of those in Singapore. Yeah. But it's, like, only blue belts, which is okay. I mean. But, you know, it's not scratching <laughs> the itch for those white belts out there who are just, like, ready to go. You know what I mean? <laughs> I've just got
1: pictures of them, like, you know, the, the white belt rage quintet would be amazing. Everyone would, Someone would die straight away. Someone would die. Yeah, yeah.
0: Gas, and, gas and death immediately. <laughs> but, man, really, I'm just, you know, number one thing I'm thankful for is that my business is open. Yeah. A lot of that was uh, a result of the Singapore government actually being proactive in helping small businesses stay open. I mean, did you hear this thing in the U.S. that apparently they're talking about giving people $600? <laughs> $600 is what they're discussing for the next stimulus check. So they got 1200 like six months ago, and then uh, it would be 600 maybe if they, if they actually agree to it. So like less than $2,000 for many and most of the U.S. has been locked up in total for like two to four months. Yeah. And you, okay, you break that down and then you can't work and then you're like, wait, hold on here. I mean, that's like $700, six $700 a month during the lockdown. But then other certain businesses are restricted even further even after that, right? Like uh, restaurants who can only have a certain amount of people, which, you know, and the margins are really thin when you're dealing with a restaurant. So, you know, there's all this stuff. I mean, even us, we're dealing with that. I saw some uh, other gyms in Singapore dealing with that because they're starting to reach the limit of their capacity, which makes means the profits are, are uh, throttle-necked, right? Like, you can only have 10 people, and then as soon as classes are full, and then people don't start coming in, and then they can't get a slot, and then they're like, why am I paying for this? And then it's a downhill slope. So, so far, it's all been totally manageable but I, i'm curious to see how this phase three thing's gonna go and then how we're ultimately just gonna get out of this yeah but uh
2: i just can't wait not to wear my mask anymore
0: <sighs> that's gonna be a <laughs> it's while like... you know what me and Charmaine talked about this the other day it's gonna be weird when we actually can't wear our mask because for the first week or two we're gonna feel really weird <laughs> without it right <laughs> we're just conditioned to it yeah so like the first couple times we leave the house without it we're gonna be like fuck, you know we're gonna feel naked Gonna feel like we're walking out of the house with no clothes on. <laughs>
2: Guarantee you, there'll still be people wearing masks around. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah.
0: people are just like, I can't change my ways now. Yeah.
1: I'm, I'm quite ugly. This mask makes me more attractive, so I'm just gonna keep it.
0: And uh, you know, the vaccine's coming. You, you, we have to get it. You probably have to get it, won't you, teachers?
1: No one said so. I don't, I don't know what the rules are. So if you want to travel. Yeah, if you want they to go anywhere, it. they're going to make you get a vaccine so, so to let you, you back in.
0: So what do you do? Do you get the vaccine and travel or are you are just like, eh?
1: I'm going to let it wait about six months and see if there's a zombie apocalypse from this vaccine before anyone sticks a needle in me. Or Solid move. <laughs> I mean, I, I just read yes. an article
0: the other day that said, uh, that said that apparently the coronavirus just mutated again. They'd oh. f- they, they found some a new type of mutation to it that they're not sure whether the vaccine will affect it directly.
1: So this, this is in England. So England's basically just been absolutely, well, Britain's been absolutely screwed over these past few days and it's on this, this premise that there's a new strain of the virus that's appeared and it's 70% more contagious or something like that, but depending on where you get news sources from some people are like, well, that happens all the time with I mean,
0: I'm sure, it, I mean, there's always going to be variation right, yeah. with that kind of stuff, but I remember, did you see the article, was it in uh, Scandinavia or somewhere like that, or maybe Denmark, where they had to kill like 100,000 minks because the, the virus had mutated in the minks and then they had i think it was a minks or something like that mink. No, it was a mink. mink mink and then they had to go and uh go and slaughter like hundreds of thousands of them to do that and you're just like oh that can't be good because if they know they have to do that then you're like wait this because i mean that's people's whole bit like if, yeah, if the government comes in and does that and they just murder hundreds of thousands of mink then you're like okay they're really fucking concerned but this might be a problem so,
1: <laughs> but, you know, we're, we're here in Singapore. We're up to eight people. Let's let's
0: organise a quintet. The, <laughs> yeah. Organise the quintet. Get a vaccine. Start travelling. I'll get the vaccine. Hey, I'll get it. I'll, get, I'll take it for free. I'm, it's free for for pass holders. So yeah. I'm no, not. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying I won't it. take it. I'm just saying I'm going to give it a little bit of time you before I do. You anti vaxxer <laughs> Son of a bitch. Oh,
2: is that it? You're spreading pseudoscience
0: on my podcast. <laughs> I have enough problems with YouTube as it is, Jake. I don't you need go, you... I don't need you peddling your Trumponomics. <laughs> I don't need you peddling your anti-vaxxer horse shit. Okay? I need you to talk about fights, and he'll hook people. That's it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and get the vaccine. I'll get the
0: vaccine. And, so yeah, you know, that's it. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, 2020 is a weird one, you know? It was, uh... <laughs> It was very weird right? I will remember this year. It's burned into my brain. That's what, that's what I'm trying to say. I will never forget it. It is a roller coaster of a year. You know, do you feel like every single year when the end of the year rolls around, you're always like, this is going to be my year. <laughs> like, this is going to be where I hit my stride as a human. No, like, I, I gave up on that. moment. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's my problem. I'm still <laughs> hanging on to some concept of, like, my life going the way that i imagine it <laughs> reality is dude let that shit go just, i would like to point
1: out my, my life's pretty all right actually so yeah, see?
0: yeah yeah i'm not complaining either i just you know like me and charmaine periodically have had the last end of the few years has been a little rough right like every year toward december we always something ends up happening like we got kicked <laughs> out of malaysia right and then uh, end of last year of course COVID starts to hit right yeah. december january and then the year before that, we left Trifecta and moved to Malaysia. So like every year, it's either like, oh, lost the job at Trifecta, wasn't getting paid. Oh, now I'm in Malaysia, worked there for a year. Oh, I'm kicked out, come back here. Here's COVID for you a year later. <laughs> and I'm just like, man, is it me or something? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, chalk it up to another weird one, I guess.
1: It's but- been a very very strange year
0: but I, I i think the silver lining is important that it could have been worse and singapore's handled it pretty well and finally we we can see the grass on the other side right we can see the light at the end of the path here so uh keep training everybody keep training keep watching the fights if you like the content please like subscribe it helps a lot helps a lot you can follow me on instagram you can follow my wife charmaine on Instagram what's your Charmaine or what's your Charmaine Charmaine what's, what's your Instagram Charmaine
2: Charmaine LSM
0: Charmaine LSM yeah okay Charmaine Jake LSM. you use you don't ever use Instagram no really use Facebook a little bit
1: no one wants to see endless pictures of my kids here doing Jiu-Jitsu so it's fine
0: <laughs> you're a Jiu-Jitsu dad man it's, don't yeah, be ashamed of it don't be ashamed of it pretty soon we'll have you shrieking at them in competitions again like all the other Jiu-Jitsu dads all across the world and uh So I I wanna thank everybody. Last thing, and then we'll wrap up on this. Thanks everybody for listening to the podcast. It means a lot to me. Um, We've basically been running for a year now, like a little over 14 months or something like that, 40 plus episodes. Uh, So thank you all for listening. It means a lot. If you ever wanna contact me, you can do it on social media. I pretty much respond to everybody. Um, uh, Otherwise, any sort of emails, you can hit up uh, strongholdpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on social media. We'll be releasing some technique videos soon. Me and Jake have a plan. between Christmas and New Year's I'm gonna release a video series teaching you all how to fight and some of you may know how to fight but a lot of you don't maybe some of you do and uh, it's gonna be like a short thing so I'm gonna do like a 10 minute video ish I don't know how long it'll actually take in my head it's 10 It may be longer where I break down all of the different ways to fight from stand-up to clinching to jiu-jitsu and I want it to be very very simple something that someone who has no idea how to fight can look up like my 10 or 15 minute video and it will show you how to fight. Like this is passing the guard. This is why you have to pass the guard. This is how you throw the punches. This is how you block the punches. This is how you clinch. This is what you can do in the clinch. And it's just literally going to be like rapid fire the way I have it in my head. And then I think after that we'll create a series where we'll expand on each section and then we'll do that like a technique type videos and tutorials and all that stuff. So that's my kind of master plan uh, for the end of the year. If you guys want to see that, let me know. And very otherwise, cool. yeah, it's very cool. It'd be cool, man. It'd be cool. Teach you how to punch. Teach you how to hip escape. How to regard, And then, uh, uh, most interestingly, I think, from my perspective, is particularly with the striking in, in particular, right, is I'm going to show you how to throw all the strikes, how to set them up, and that's going to include all the flashy shit, the spinning back kicks, the side kicks, the wheel kicks the jumping 360s, the spinning back fist, the straight punches, the uppercuts, the hooks. Real quick, just like this is how you do it. This is your objective. And then we'll go to like how you fight on the ground and and all that stuff. And I want it to be easily uh, digestible. So thank you all for listening. Uh, The podcast has been a trip. It's really, really fun. It means a lot to me that you guys enjoy the content and we'll look forward to putting more out next year. Alrighty. So this is the Stronghold Podcast. Thank you for listening. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year's.
2: Merry Christmas, Happy New Year.
0: All right, end of the year podcast is done.
3: I can